and welcome to a very special episode of Signal of Doom. I'm Dave and I'm here with Adam the Computer. Adam, how are you? Hey Dave, uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Oh, that's very good, man. So you've made it back through, you were doing Legion Lost and I mean you're, you're a big part of the Legion. Were you on the ship with them uh, on the outpost when you got stranded in the middle of nowhere? Is that where you've been? <laughs> I'd like to think so. <laughs> so this is a very special episode of Signal. Um, obviously, Adam, um, big Legion fan, we all know that, and Legion of Superheroes, um, has a lot of knowledge, uh, I have a smattering, and it really is a very spotty smattering over the years, but you are really a member of the Legion, do you have your flight ring, Adam? I have two, yeah. Really? Well, I do. Oh, cool. <laughs> do you actually, I mean, maybe this is a stupid question, but is that something you would wear socially? No, never. Absolutely not. <laughs> Probably a good um, decision. <laughs> I would wear it to like a con or something. That would be about the, my level of cosplay. But I think no, I would never. Yeah, I think that's a good uh, cosplay though. If you're just going to a con, um, like putting the Legion flight ring on, it's actually a pretty good move. Out socially, a uh, lot more risky, even in 2020. I, I feel you know. Yeah, I mean, especially because these are like uh, just the little crappy plastic rings that the game like came for free if you bought the comic. So they don't look super great. They're not no. terrible, but yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, okay, so I thought, given that we're doing Legion Lost, uh, Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, and I believe Oliver Coppell on art. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I think there's a couple other artists that come in, but uh, let's see, Pascal Alex. What's the other one? Mm-hmm. He didn't make the cover for some reason. Okay. Uh, 12 issues. I've got to say a fairly slender trade for 12 issues. It, you know what I mean? Like, uh, lovely hardcover. I've had it on my shelf for probably a decade. And when we said that we were going to do it, I just dug it off the shelf. And uh, it was a pleasure to finally read it. I'd never read it. Um, do you want to, before we even get started on Legion Lost, I know a lot of listeners out there, Adam, to them, Legion of Superheroes, a lot of people don't know who, who they are because they're kind of a fairly niche uh, DC property. Um, do you want to give readers kind of like the 10-cent pitch on what the Legion is? Yeah, certainly. Uh, well, first off, you mentioned having the hardcover, which I'm mm-hmm. kind of jealous about because uh, it's out of print and it's hard to track down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if anybody is interested in the story after we talk about it, you would need to track down The Legion by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, Volume 2. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that you should be able to find in print, and that's how I read it. And are they all um, on Comixology, I assume, as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, Comixology. Um, but yeah, as far as the uh, Legion uh, pitch, I would say The Legion is kind of about... Well, they started out as uh, supporting characters for Superboy. They just popped up in Adventure Comics 247 way back in 1958. I love Superboy. Um, um, now, I've got a question for you. Do you yeah. own that uh, issue? Yes, I do. Well, how, how much trade, is that like, worth? Like, how much did you pay for it? Do you remember? It's not too terrible. I was trying to downgrade my collection, and I had like 20 long boxes of some junk, some... Mm-hmm almost junk some moderately good comics that i traded and was able to get the first appearance it's probably worth like 2500 okay and do you have that like on a wall like framed or something or just tucked away i need to right now it's kind of tucked away okay that's cool that's very cool dude 
Yeah, um, I'm not into key comic books really, but this is the one that was important to me. Where, yeah, you know, and you, key, like for you, key, it would probably be the Punisher. You know what, Amazing Spider-Man 129. Yeah, which I don't have because I'm far too cheap. But um, exactly. uh, yeah, but like key comic books are sort of like they're literally key issues, events, like say the first appearance of Brainiac or something like that, isn't it? Like they're sort of yeah key moments. And that Legion one is that the one where they're all sitting like. Cosmic Boy, Saturn Girl, and oh, I don't know who the other person is. Lightning, Light, Lad. Lightning Lad, and they're kind of scoring Superman. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Superboy, sorry. They're yeah. selecting like yes or no. It's it's a common, uh, commonly imitated cover for like spoofs and stuff. Right. Okay. So that's where they started as sort of they're from the future. Am I right? Like thirty thirtieth century and thirty first century. Yeah. Yeah, they've always been a, a thousand years in the future from you know, present time. That's cool. Uh, yeah. And uh, they got kind of like a letter campaign going where people kept asking for them to show up again. And uh, eventually they took over the adventure comics title okay. um, and became the feature for like 80 issues. Is this uh, when I believe Jim Shooter was writing it as a 16 year old or something? Yeah. He took over in maybe like uh, the fourth year okay. after, or yeah, year five, I'd say he probably came in and took over. That's crazy. Yeah, he started he out as a thirteen so or fourteen year old. That's fucking nuts. Like that's cool. That's it's actually really clever. By I believe it was Mort Wessinger, wasn't it? Like whoever made that decision to hire a thirteen year old with some writing talent and put them on Legion. That's actually very forward thinking. I think you know. Yeah, and he was. Uh, it was a big deal at the time because he brought with him. He was a Marvel fan, mm. and he brought kind of a new perspective and way of writing characters to dc because before um you know there wasn't a lot of i guess uh you know kind of like how peter parker always has stuff going on in his life but like characterization and, and soap opera yeah exactly stuff, there yeah. wasn't a lot of that with dc and mm. uh shooter kind of brought that to the legion and then also to the rest of the dc comics sort of fleshes the characters out a bit more it's it's weird i, I guess it's just symptomatic of the time that so many of those comics, like, uh, they're sort of like cardboard cutouts for a while. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're very thin on characterization. Um, yeah, it was all just, weird. you know, goofy plots. Yeah, yeah. It's weird because I've, I've read other comics from the same time period that do have a bit more character in them, you know? Um, it's just interesting. Like, DC really... Yeah. It's like DC didn't really believe in it, you know, until, until the, the competitor started doing it. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, Marvel, it's hard to see from my perspective, I guess, because I haven't read a lot of the older stuff. Mm. Um, but uh, just, it is interesting to think that it, Marvel Comics was such a big deal to yeah. the comics industry. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So, but yeah, I guess to wrap it up mm. real quick is, you know, they're teens from the future. They came back to recruit Superboy because Superboy was the greatest uh, hero that inspired them in the future. Uh-huh. Um but, you know, eventually they got their own book and kind of developed and the team grew and grew and grew. Um, and there's been different reboots and stuff yes. just because they are in the future. Yeah. But it's always, you know, pretty interesting. And um, I actually wanted to ask you mm. just a quick guessing game. Okay. How many different Legion of Superheroes do you think there have been? Oh, uh, look, this is a guess. Um, well, there's the original, like, just... Well, no, I meant uh, members. Like, how many different members? Just, oh, right. Oh, just I a ballpark no number. 
uh, what, at their maximum. Um, sure. I know they start with those three, but I believe we're probably talking about, like, hundreds? Like, you know? It seems yeah, like yeah, there's close. a lot. It was know? 79. I just thought okay. that was an interesting little fact when I was I was doing a little research and I counted up how many members there had been through the years and there's been 79 different members. So Wow, see, I would have uh, thought even more track. because when I, when I was reading uh, Dan Abnett uh, and Andy Lenning and then Mark Wade, that's kind of when I was reading it, um, they seemed like there was tons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is. and I mean, generally, they only keep like 30 or so at a time, but, you know, they'll do a reboot here and they'll have a few extra characters that another few characters will be missing. And Right, yeah. yeah. And so, this this, yeah. <laughs> this book was interesting because it was very much more of a closed circle. Um, it, it featured, like, I don't know, I forget how many, but only about six or so, six or seven uh, on Legion Lost, which, which kind of, I think, helped focus the book. Yeah, uh, I think it was a really smart way to kind of get control of the run. He there was another volume before this, like I said. Yes. Um, where the book was called Legion of Superheroes, and then also Legionnaires. They actually had two titles, um, and then they did this Legion Lost thing, yes. which canceled the other books. Um, but I think it was a good way to kind of like you know reset the board and. Yeah, bring things back to basics, and you can get really familiar with these ten or twelve characters, and then we're going to bring the regular book back, and you can learn about the other characters too. Now, I've got some questions. Um, actually, Legion, because uh, Adam and I, as we all know, uh, do a Flash uh, intermittent um, episodes, which, but I also we're going to be doing some more Legion episodes. So, in this first episode, I've got a couple of questions. Um, okay, now my first one is. I, I am fascinated by the fact there are a thousand years in the future. I think that's really cool. But it also ties them in a weird way to the problems that DC have with their constant crises. Um, so I, I just want to get some perspective. Like, I get it. Superboy went to the future and was in the future. Like, it's so fucking cool because Superman was the inspiration for Legion of Superheroes. Superboy becomes a member, which is so funny. And is there for ages, yeah? Like, he would come and go because he could fly through time. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, he'd just come and go and join him for a mission. And what was interesting was that Supergirl was also a member. Oh, the um, Maid of Might? The original Supergirl? Exactly. So, you know, Supergirl was teaming up with her own cousin as a kid in the oh. future. But, oh, you know, she Superman, was growing. Yeah, I don't know if they ever really addressed the fact that when Supergirl shows up, Superman didn't know who she was, but, right. you know, that's yeah. just that's kind just of fun still. Typical, um, yeah, that that's kind of the Silver innocence Age. and fun of the Silver Age, isn't it, really? like. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so did he have Crypto with him in the future? With um, them? Yeah, Crypto would come up. They actually yes. had, and you said recently that you purchased some of the Omnibuses, which was a pretty... Uh, you know, I made a big, big a big buy. I made a big fucking buy the other day. I I got, I bought the three, uh, Silver Age omnibus. There's only one's turned up yet, but the but the, there's only three out so far. Because I just thought, I actually really quite like the concept, and I love Superboy, and I love the Legion that I've read. And I thought, well, why not have these for my shelf? You know. Um, yeah, and I, so. I think you'll have a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when you get into that stuff, you'll see that there's, you know, the Legion of Superheroes, but then there's also the Legion of Substitute Heroes, yes. the same Legion of Supervillains, um, the Legion of Super Pets, which is the team that Crypto 
came into the future and he would team up with the Legion of Super Pets. I love crypto. I've always yeah. loved crypto <laughs> since I was a kid and saw the new adventures of Superman, which had the Superboy insert and had crypto. I, I, I actually think crypto should be in the normal comics, like a lot more. I know he occasionally oh, yeah. turns up, but like to me, I, I sometimes think that you've got to embrace that kind of stuff. And, and like you can, so much of comics is silly that you, and you can make it readable now to a modern audience. You could definitely make crypto. Like he's a, he's this fucking cool, very loyal dog. And you know, he's awesome. Yeah. They did some cool stuff in the, uh, Tomasi stuff whenever they had John Kent as Superboy. Yeah. And crypto was always following him around and stuff. So that was pretty fun. Yeah. And I he's got a little cape, which I like. You know, yeah, I uh, love yeah. that. I love that cape. Do you know uh, Streaky? I have heard of that. Is it the monkey? No, that's the cat. Oh, the cat. The yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, that's the cat. Yeah, is is he Superman's cat or is that someone else's cat? That's Supergirl's cat. Gotcha. And she also has a horse named Comet. I I have heard of that. Yeah, that I see. Uh, to me, it, to, that's really kind of cool in in a kind of kitsch way. I think it's like if I was a kid, I can tell you, if I had been a kid at that time period, I would have gobbled that stuff up, you know? Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, I love the super pets. Yeah, they they rock. So, okay, so here's my question. Uh, they're they're a thousand years in the future from the regular DC continuity. Um <laughs> now, did that version of the Legion that, you know, whoever created it, then Jim Shooter was involved, then we know that um like Kerry Bates is involved, Paul Levitz. That's all one continuity, isn't it? Until the crisis. Am I right? In, in, in um, sure, yeah. I mean, basically from 1958 until a few years after the crisis, uh, okay. 1989, Right. They it's all kind of one continuity. Um, you know, there's some retcons in there. Like they yes. have to retcon Superboy out at one point. Right. But uh, yeah, all one continuity. Gotcha. Okay, well, and that's interesting because that is... I, I think a very solid foundation. Now, uh, didn't John Byrne do something interesting with Legion? Because John Byrne, when he took over Superman titles in like the mid eighties, um, he, for some stupid reason that I don't, don't understand, retconned out Superboy, um, which meant that that had to kind of be airbrushed out of Legion. Am I right? Yeah. Um... Which is an unpopular move for a yeah, lot of Legion Yeah, I fucking fans. hate that move, John Byrne. If, <laughs> if John Byrne's listening, yes, I I greatly like a lot of his work, but I don't understand why he got rid of Superboy. I, I never understand that. Yeah, I don't know either. I think, you know, they were trying to... It was the 80s, and they were just wanted to Edgy. get rid of some of those Silver Age concepts while they were cleaning things up. Um, and the yeah. idea of him being Superboy in Smallville and then... But what's so bad about that, though? Like, what's so bad about him being Superboy in Smallville? I don't quite understand why that's such a bad fucking thing. I guess because then when Clark Kent moves to Metropolis, (laughs) Superman also moves to Metropolis? I don't know. Yeah, someone could have worked it out. They're like... Yeah. And he was like... I I don't actually haven't read it, but, like, I imagine he was on the school paper and stuff. You know, fearless reporter Clark Kent or something. And... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they ever did that, but yeah, probably. It's <laughs> oh, funny. So yeah, I get it. In the whole mid eighties, like we're gonna have to really adult this up and blah yeah. blah blah. They got rid of Superboy, but my question is, what did that mean? Because because that's the weird thing. What did that mean for the Legion at the time? Like, how did they how how did they write around that? Um. So it was some. 
I actually don't mind that Superboy got removed because sure. it led to some really uh, smart writing. Right. You know, uh, Paul Levitz and Keith Given did a lot of the stuff that kind of dealt with the fallout of that. Yeah. And they did it really well. Um, Was this the Time Trapper? I, I, I only know the name. Yeah. I don't really know what... Give us so what happened. Was, sum it up. What happened? Ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say for the for, for the listeners at home. Yeah, yeah. Sum up, sort of. I, I'm just fascinated that they had to retcon something that was like 40 years of continuity. Yeah. So uh, the Time Trapper was a villain, uh, probably the Legion's biggest villain. Right. Uh, basically, he's at the end of time, and he always manipulates the Legion, manipulates time, and you don't know why, and he's mysterious, and he's a pretty cool character. Uh, but what you find out is that the time trapper whenever the legion went back in time sent them to some other little pocket dimension that he created where there was a superboy uh, uh, right so the thing was that superboy had never existed but the, he kind of created this little universe uh. where superboy was a thing and the the john burns story is basically the legion going back in time and not going to that pocket dimension and they meet the real superman right. which is the crisis superman yeah and then they superman and the legion and superboy mm. all team up and beat the time trapper but uh superboy dies at the end of that story so the original superboy you've been reading about technically dies and never becomes superman you know the retcon gotcha. is that, that that's this was never clever. him as a boy that's a clever um that's cool that's a good sci-fi twist actually yeah, and there's more with that. Where you, Before I said that the original Legion continuity ended in 1989, but that's not really true because they jumped forward five years in 1989, and then that lasted till 1994. But what I was going to say with that is that they ended up having to do something because they weren't allowed to reference Superboy anymore. Mm. The Superman offices said not only can he not be in the book, you can't. He he never existed. You're not allowed to say Superboy. Fuck, I hate that. You know, like yeah. it's I hate. It, doesn't that show you how divisive comics are and how politicized it gets at the, at the corporate level? Like it gets so petty. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, know. definitely. I mean, Pathetic. but then that was again where I was going to say is that I was really impressed with the way Keith Giffen handled it and led to some great stories. But yeah, at the same time, it just mm. makes things more confusing yeah. for something that ultimately doesn't really matter because we yeah. know now that continuity can change, you know, yeah. left and, and right, whatever. I remember reading, uh, God, was it Jeff Johns? It, it must have been Jeff Johns um, in like he in Justice League or something. And I thought Jeff Johns did bring up the fact that he kind of brought back the original Superboy. Maybe it was in one of the crises or something. Like, he brought back the fact that Superboy had been part of the Legion. or some, Someone did that, yeah. didn't they? Uh-huh. Is that right? Yes, yeah, because the Legion gets rebooted, and then they get rebooted again, and then they go back to the original continuity, and that's when, you know, Superboy existed again. I think that's a post-Infinite Crisis thing. Right, yeah. And, like... That's yeah. It, it just gets DC just got so confusing, and I think unfortunately Legion because they're a thousand years out from whatever the DC continuity is at the time, it must get really confusing because it's kind of like you're playing such a long game, um, and it's just hard to understand or keep track of at a certain point. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, 
They definitely, which with each of the reboots, seem to either have a major reboot, or you know, which with each of the crises, mm. they seem to either have a minor reboot or a major reboot that comes out of that for the Legion. Um, I think, like I'd say, there's probably four or five. Like, if I'm going to make it easy, then there's five different versions of the Legion. If I'm going to make it hard, then there's probably, like, 20 or something, you know? Right, yeah. Okay. Um, And what was I going to say? I think uh, Adam and I uh, are going to do some sort of classic Legion stories uh, over a span of time. I think one of the ones that we'll do, not next time, but, like, is that Legion of Three Worlds or whatever it's called, You, you know? Oh, man, I would love to do that. Oh, well, we can do that next time if you want. Like, I because I own the hardcover, but I've never read it. I actually opened it one day, and I got so confused. And, but, <laughs> but I've read a bit more Legion since. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah, and I just thought it, it, it's got a really good creative team, and it looks really good. Like, I'm actually, like, I, I'm definitely, it's one of those hardcovers, even though I wasn't ready for it when I opened it up that one day. Because it, 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 it spins out of, I think, Final Crisis. Um, yeah, yeah, it came out around the... It was in name only, really, but yeah. Yes, but it came out around the... So, yeah, no, that's... Because that deals with the fact that there's all these different versions of the Legion, doesn't it? Yeah, essentially, the reboot, the three-boot, and then the retro-boot is what I call it. Mm. And, it and that's basically the classic Legion back again. Cool. And it has the three of those teams teaming up, which... It's one of my favorite stories. I'd probably recommend reading Superman and the Legion first. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then it's good that you like you've read this and you've read some of the Mark Wade stuff, so you would kind of have a familiarity with the different versions. And Superman and the Legion is one of the Jeff John Superman um, graphic novels, isn't it? Yeah, which you said you've been reading, so you'd yes. be getting there before long. Yeah, no, I'll definitely get. Yeah, I'll definitely make sure that we do that. Okay, so that's excellent. Um, I, I think that's a good encapsulation of the Legion. And so, basically, am I correct in saying that the Legion of Superheroes, it's basically a representative of each planet, like their sort of champion, and you've got to be of a certain age, I don't know how old, like 16, 17 or something, and supposedly only one power is allowed. So every every member has to have a different power, is that right? Yeah, so there's a whole constitution, really, which is something I've been digging into. Uh, I'm doing, like, a reread project where I'm, like, writing down, like, the rules and stuff and who appears where. And you're gonna, um, you're doing a whole big thing about, like, all the Legion reading order and stuff, which we're going to link to the show when you when you have it ready. Is that right? You're doing some sort of big project. Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, basically I've found every appearance, and then I'm going to record who appeared there, you know, what, who died, who, mm. you know, beat the villain, what the villain did. Yada yada. So it oh, should be pretty, cool. uh, pretty good it, resource. What, what did your wife done. think of this when you're just tinkering away in the laboratory? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you see, you disappear yeah. for a week and come out like unshaven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I try to do it like after she's gone to bed. Yeah, it keeps me out of trouble. <laughs> yeah, I like it, man. It's that's 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 awesome. Um, so sorry, c- carry on. So there's a constitution. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the constitution basically. Uh, and, you know, it's more of a thing in the Silver Age, and they become more lax, but uh, you have to be under 18 years old. You have to have a unique superpower from the other Legionnaires to join. Um, you can't be married. Right. Although there's uh, been plenty of Legion marriages that I've read. Yeah, exactly. As they grew up, they were like, wait, this is kid stuff. And, yeah. you know, they all stuck around. So Yeah. But uh, yeah, like there, you know, it's there's sort of like more the rules. Grew, you grew you up can't out of kill. 
You, you, you can't kill, can you? Which is interesting. Yeah, you know, they kind of take that from Superman. Yeah. But... I'm sure I'd seen seen some deaths before, though, but maybe I've seen deaths of sort of civilians. Um, um, yeah, I think they've probably killed, but at times they'll be like, "Well, I wasn't a member when I killed," or yeah, you know, yeah. they came back to life. So yeah, they came. <laughs> hey, or the old classic Superman. Hey, they weren't human. You know, like they exactly. Were, they, were, they were they were aliens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, like you know, they're human to them, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. Um. So okay, unique power. And did they retcon out? You you can't be eighteen because I'm sure I've seen like, or at least like Saturn girls looking like older than eighteen a lot of times. Like you're more like young adults, really. Yeah, and this version, I'm not sure because this is the reboot. Um, yeah. But I know, like in the original version, they all were in like their thirties by the time the continuity ended oh really here i think they're probably (laughs) they might be like 17 here maybe they're you know they're kind of busty so (laughs) they might be adults yeah Yeah, they are there's a couple of shots but and i remember when we did um we had you on and we did great darkness saga i remember being very impressed by what saturn girl was wearing in that period um oh is that where she was wearing the bikini yeah she was like a like a go-go dancer almost like uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah that 70s stuff is fun yeah yeah a lot of the ladies kind of dress like that but yeah good stories too it's cool um apparently in the 70s legion were really big in fanzines and stuff like paul levitt started out as a legion fanzine uh, guy i believe yeah they were huge with that um and then in the 80s, they actually were the number two selling book at DC after the Teen Titans. Really? Outselling Batman, believe it or not. Yeah. Outselling Batman. Seriously? Yeah. It was, it was X-Men and then Teen Titans and then Legion of Superheroes. Jesus. Like, no wonder I wasn't yeah. reading comics. Um, like, where the fuck was Batman in this period? I don't know. In the toilet I, I, somewhere, I did, guess. Do you like my outrage? <laughs> my... So this is before Dark Knight, though, yeah, obviously, early 80s. Yeah, I think it's probably like 82 to 84 or something. I've got to be honest, I prefer Legion uh, to Teen Titans. I've read a bit of Teen Titans from that period, and I far prefer the Legion with its kind of spun out futuristic I've concepts. tried Titans multiple yeah. times, and I just don't get what's... Yeah. For me, the Titans is the Jeff John stuff. Yeah, I've I've done on the show little bits and pieces of Titans, and when I got heavily back into comics, I picked up some of that early Titans, or not early, but like that sort of Marv Wolfman and um, Perez, you know, stuff. And I, I just didn't quite see what all the fuss was about. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I actually had the, like the whole run, and then uh, the first appearance of the them is like pretty valuable. So I was like, uh, do I need it? It was cool to have it, yeah. and I do like the Titans, but I was like, eh, Legion's better. So Legion, I, I think Legion's a lot better. I, I, I think it's, I think Legion is its own thing too. I think it's got that sci-fi edge, which um, is straight out of the Silver Age, that you can actually sort of, um, sort of fit quite well as a writer now. Do you know what I mean? There yeah, are... I agree with you. Um, I'd almost compare it at times to like Star Trek. If yes, I had to compare yes. it to something. Yeah, agree. if all the members of yes. Star Trek had like different powers and yeah. there was more like you know teen drama, but uh... and the United Federation of Planets is what they're called. Very similar to the um, I forget what they called it. The Federation. You know yeah, what I mean? Here, like it's, it's the a sim- planet. I think they're the Federation. Yeah, it's a sort of similar kind of concept. Do you know what I mean? Like. 
Um, yeah, and there's like different races that'll pop in, and yeah. you'll know they're kind of a villain, kind of like Klingons, but here it'll be like the Durlins or the mm. the Coons. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, now, in terms of you, Adam, like, thank you for giving that sort of pitch to the Legion, and really, I, 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 I get it's a challenging property for a newcomer to know where to start. Uh, it's a lot like X-Men in that way. Like, it's kind of like, fuck, there's so much of it. Uh, like, and it makes it even harder because Legion rebooted. But if you were to, you know, I'm a new comic book reader. I like DC. You know, like, oh, I like I like Superman. You know, I like Batman. I've heard about this Legion. Where would you point them to, Adam, for, for a new reader? Oh, you know, there's a few different places, I guess. Um, sure. If you just kind of want to become familiar with what they are, then I'd actually probably point you to the... The Mark Wade three boot stuff. I think yep. the first trade's called Teenage Revolution or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just really accessible to kind of get the concepts of what the team is, even though it's a separate continuity that only lasted for like four years. Um, it's really accessible. If you wanted to get into the reboot, then I would suggest Legion Lost, which is what we're talking about now. Yes. yes. Um, to me, it's the single uh, best like collection. Um, and then also the Jeff John stuff is great. That's when they kind of brought back the original team. And then, of course, the Paul Levitz run. I was going to say, which, Paul Levitz, is, he's buried in the back there. Is that because he's a 70s guy? Um, I would say... So we did Great Darkness Saga, and I really enjoy the Great Darkness Saga. It was good. But I think the Great Darkness Saga by itself doesn't really show you how great his uh, run on the team is. Because yes. he has like another you know, 80 issues after that or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and DC are not exactly fantastic with collecting his run. I know, I know they put out Great Darkness and The Curse, but I'm really surprised that, like, that whole run isn't out in hard covers, you know? Yeah, you know, for the former publisher, yeah. you'd think that his yeah. stuff would be out there. But, yeah, there's about 50 issues off the back of that run that hasn't even gone into trade. Um, so I'm hoping that it gets out there. I'll definitely pick it up if they do, just to... For one, just to support it, just to, you know, get more of it, right? Oh, dude, I'm, I'm getting it in a heartbeat. I'm actually going to get, well, I'm getting the three omnibuses, and then I'm going to get the two, lead, the Superboy and the Legion nice. hardcovers. Yeah, I'm going to get both of those. And, yeah, I'll yeah. build my collection up. Like, because, like, I saw Kerry Bates is writing Superboy and the Legion. I like Kerry Bates and Superman. Um, yeah, I, unfortunately, I a there's a lot of his stuff missing, too, yeah. from that, uh, that gap that's only in the archives so hopefully they get that out there so you can pick it up because that early like 70s stuff is a lot of fun well i've got a new thing uh, i've been talking a lot with connor you would have heard him on the show before um i've been getting heavy into superman in the last couple of weeks nice. yeah and yeah. and the pleasure for me is i've always liked superman a lot but i've never read very heavily beyond sort of like the so-called highlights, you know what I mean? Like, and there's some of the stuff that really popped. But I've always liked him, so unlike Batman, who I absolutely love, where I've read tons of it, there's heaps of Superman that I haven't read, and some of it's very good, you know what I mean? And and, and so I've been doing all this reading. Now, Connor was saying that, like, it's disappointing that unlike Marvel, who really are aggressive in reprinting their 70s and 80s material in the epic collections, um... DC sort of seem more hesitant to put out like a lot of that 70s material and what I really want is to collect I want them to do the Superman Bronze Age omnibuses and it's for me to build my collection up you know with starting with Denny O'Neill 
and that kind of thing. Like, would you agree oh, yeah, that DC seemed to sort of they've really held off on reprinting a lot of seventies material? Um, I think it kind of seems like they started at the '60s and they started at the '80s, and yes. they're working their way maybe um, because you know the '80s for the DC is kind of a beginning because it's the post-crisis yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I think they started there and then they picked because they went back to the golden age and they did a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And I think they're getting there. You know, I think yeah. in the next five years there'll be a lot more '70s stuff. Well, but I, I think I they just tried to do it chronologically. You know? I hope coronavirus doesn't wipe me out because I really want to, <laughs> I want to build up my collection, man. You know me, dude. I like to build up that Superman Bronze Age. They're just like I do with Conan, and you know I, the fantasy of me. I'm sitting by the poolside, little cup of tea, you know, just leafing through my omnibuses. You know what I'm saying? And like, and just lost in it, dude. Because I just think there's a lot of gold there in those hills, you know. And and I guess I'm a bit impatient. Um, to me, like I look, I'm not, and, and I'm sorry, shoot me down, internet. I find the Golden Age stuff a bit tough. You know, I I don't have a lot of interest in Golden Age. Like even Batman, I'm like a little bit of Golden Age Batman goes a long way for me. You know? Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I've read uh, the only really Golden Age I've read much of is like the the greatest Batman ever told and the greatest Joker yes. ever told. Yeah. And those I really enjoy, but sure. I also know that that's the cream of the crop. There, it's the cream you know? of the crop, and you wouldn't want to read 40 stories of it. You know, like, it's kind of like, a little bit of it's cool, because it gives you a bit of a, sort of a reference point. But I don't know. I just think that, like, even Silver Age, I like Silver Age too, but it's pretty kooky in the Silver Age. But there's a lot of cool concepts that um, we talk a lot with Connor about, um, basically, I think a lot of Superman, like a good Superman movie, I don't know if you ever read the, there's a single issue we did on the show called Return to Krypton from Silver Age. Um, I'm familiar with it, but no, I haven't read it. it look, it's well worth reading. It's only a single issue, but the concepts in it, um, the strength of the storyline, you could so easily modernize it and make that a really cool Superman movie. Like, it's, it's actually, yeah. it, it's a really strong structural story. Um, with a really decent payoff and um, nice. yeah, it's just you, you, you stuff something like that. Like uh, what I'm reading in Superman, I'm reading a lot of his '70s stuff, and I I keep thinking, man, this is not only is the art awesome with Kurt Swan, you know, um, like the stories, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them are pretty good. And you're like, God, you could really this is a lot stronger than what they're doing right now. It's just. You know, it's a lot. It's a bit more retro, but you could refit it kind of this storyline and relaunch it now, and it'd be incredibly strong. Hmm, yeah, that would be interesting. I, I should check out that story. I'd like to see what the hype's about. Now, just before we get to Legion Lost, you had an interesting storyline with how you got involved in Legion, in, involving your dad. Am I correct? Oh yeah. Um, so basically, as a kid, uh, I was born in you know the nineties. Uh, my I, dad... I, I don't like you, Adam, at all. Like, you're born in the fucking 90s. Like, seriously, <laughs> like, that's... A, so, how old are you? How, if we have to put an age on it, how old? Uh, 28. 28. I'm 46. Jesus. Oh, well, yeah. Welcome to the future. Like, <laughs> you, you, by the time you're 46, the world will probably be the third nuclear war, coronavirus, you know? <laughs> Yeah, um, probably. I, we, we live in interesting times. <laughs> so anyway, for sure. So, sorry. So yeah, you might. Okay, go. I ahead. might have the short end of the stick, you know. By the time, <laughs> at the time I'm your age, there might not even be comic books. Ah oh, well, you'll have all the collections though. Like even if it died out, like I mean, it could die out. Like 
even if, worst case scenario, let's just say worst case scenario, DC gutted the line to fucking Batman and Superman. Like, seriously. And and it, but and then still continued reprints. Where I am now with my comic book collecting, that actually wouldn't be the end of the world. You know? Yeah, I feel like I have enough that I could uh, last, I guess. Well, and what like I'm saying is they would m- mine the past. They'd keep reprinting Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The past, and and like I don't know, like I think they're so creatively bankrupt in so many ways. Like the big two, like just like DC, uh, running on fucking fumes with that dark multiverse. When I when I read that they're doing the dark multiverse of Dark Knight's Metal, and I was like, <laughs> seriously, like this is it's almost a parody now, you know. Yeah, it's really disappointing, especially as exciting as Scott Snyder on Batman started out as. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then it kind of, you know, petered out. But then to see how bad it's gotten since yes, he's yes. took over doing, like, wider stuff is just... It's hopeless. God. It's hopeless. Like, you're like, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, Scott Snyder, I agree that the first half of his Batman run, really good. Like, really good. And, yeah, he did peter out towards the end, but then nothing would have... I don't know. I just his Justice League and kind of cosmic big concept stuff is just to me so bad and so thin. You know what I mean? It's like nonsense. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. No, it's just it's it's almost unreadable. Like I, I'm like I'm like thank God I didn't get sucked into buying the hard covers and stuff. Like because I almost bought metal, and I, I'm really glad I didn't now because now I see where it's gone and like this over reliance and Batman who laughs. I'm like. Oh, it's just a really bad scene. And and actually, when we talk about retcons, I really hope that at some point there's a, like a big retcon that wipes it away. You know what I mean? Because I think it's got so silly. Yeah, at this point, it's almost like uh, a new 52 type thing might be welcome. But um, yeah. yeah, at least to wipe out some of that stuff. Now, you were saying, so your dad got you into Legion, is that right? Well, yeah, so I was, like I said, born in the 90s. Uh, I think Batman, the animated series, was kind of my initial intro. Mm-hmm. But I got to the point where I thought I knew all about DC, and then my dad told me... <laughs> you that thought you knew two. it all. I like it. I thought I knew it all. You know, I knew <laughs> Batman, Green Lantern. I knew basically the big seven. Okay. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I know all the characters. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, but, uh, uh, wait my... up, kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my dad, uh, he said he had some of his old comics... And I was really excited to see at look at them, uh, hoping they were like Justice League and stuff. Yeah. And then uh, he's like, "Yeah, I might have some of that." And then I was kind of disappointed when he got them out, and he had they were basically all Legion of Superheroes, and I was like, right. "I don't even know who that is." Um, what from the seventies and, and stuff? Is that when your dad was collecting in eighties or or what? Uh, he had stuff back to the sixties to the eighties. Right. Okay. So he had a pretty solid run from like 1964 to like 1984 or so. So it's a good cool. 20 year run. That's good, man. Wow. What yeah, a windfall for a kid. It was really exciting to dig through them and yeah. like organize them. And I started to learn, you know, they started out here in their early silver age stuff. And this is what they looked like through the seventies and then the eighties and all the costume changes and relationships and stuff mm. so it's just a really cool way and i don't think a lot of kids no. uh at least my age and older had the ability to just discover that many comics at once because you know nowadays you could get on uh whatever dc universe or whatever yeah comiXology yeah. and read all this stuff but back then you had to buy it physically sure oh uh, yeah like to eat, eat god 
I, I'm jealous. Like, if my dad had said to me, you know, hey, kid, do you want to see my Batman collection stretching back to those fucking... I would have been like, lock me in a room and just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's exactly what I was hoping for. It was like Batman or something. But... Sure, sure. But but so it, but, but it, 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 it did bring you this character, Legion, because I'll be honest, I, I read comics for a lot of years and I had no idea who the Legion of Superheroes were. Like, honestly, like, just... I just didn't come across them, you know what I mean? But you're right, it's a, yeah. it's a left-field choice, but they were very popular, which is something that I think modern audiences don't realise how big the Legion was, especially in the 70s. And, and obviously your dad fell into that camp. Um, I think that's really cool. And, and so you did you read right through and got to, like, 84 or whatever, and you must have just been like, where are the Legion now? No, really, uh, you know, I mostly just kind of flipped through them. I wasn't big sure. on reading. Okay. Uh, I loved looking at the pictures. Yes. But, uh, and then, I don't know. I kind of was curious about where they were, but, and the information was out there, surely, sure, by the yeah. time I would have thought of it. But uh, I also, you know, remember kind of discovering, like, oh, they still make those. Because yeah. to me, the Legion kind of ended after my dad's issues. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah, there was no way to know what else yeah. happened. Yeah. But <laughs> then I quickly discovered that, yes, there were other appearances, and yeah. they lived on even till today. That's cool, and and like I guess were you of the age um, that Smallville was a thing when you were growing up? Because I know Legion did turn up a little bit in Smallville towards the end. Because I actually checked in on them in those episodes. Uh yeah, I was. I I didn't watch it super closely. I remember seeing in Wizard when Wizard magazine uh, yes. when they were popping in there, and I was excited about it. Uh, it and was I didn't check out those episodes. You did, or yeah, didn't? it wasn't. I, I checked it out eventually. Um, it wasn't know, great. It, no, not really. <laughs> I mean, that was towards the kind of latter days of Smallville. It was just a bit cheap. You know what I mean? Like, um, and yeah, I, look, I, 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 I was checking into Smallville for sort of key events at that point, um, and I was disappointed. But I, I, I did think it was cool, though, that they were there. You know, like that they got sort of, they, they got a run kind of thing. I thought that was kind of cool because... Seeing he was effectively Superboy, it, it kind of made sense. Yeah, you know, I think that's kind of what we were all hoping for when Smallville was on the airs. He always looked forward to whoever would pop in, and yeah, uh, you know, we never got Batman, but we no. got a pretty good variety of yes. DC heroes in there. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so yeah, and then what Legion? Uh, when you made the decision, like where you sort of said, "Okay, I'm a big boy now." I've got my own, you know, my own money, my own allowance. I'm going to start buying comics. At what point was did you start with your own cash buying Legion? Um, well, I actually didn't start buying it off the shelves uh, because I did make money working on a farm, mm -hmm. uh, but I was pretty stingy with it because you know it was a, sure. a few hundred dollars over the summer. Yeah. Uh, so I mostly hit up like the bargain bins and I'd track down stuff there. Uh, I didn't actually start buying the book off the shelves until like 2010, right. which was after okay. Paul Levitz had returned. And the book was kind of going to shit, to be honest. And only, they only <laughs> stuck around for another three years before they were uh, canceled for quite a while. Was that um like around New 52 or? It was just before the New 52, yeah. So uh, I think they had like six months left and then they relaunched with a new number one and lasted a couple more years. Right, so yeah, it was it was not a great time for the book, really. 
No, and it sucked um, not having a book to buy for so long. And then mm. now the Bendis stuff is out, which is cool because I can buy a Legion book every month. And how is Legion under Bendis in, uh, in your eyes? Um, the art is really good. Yes. Uh, there's some interesting stuff going on, but, you know, mm. he's not my favorite guy. But I am enjoying his Legion more than I enjoy, you know, the other stuff he's working on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, that's thank you, thank you for that, and I won't subject you to that again. But I just wanted listeners to get yeah, a kind of, to get to get a feel for Legion and for your thing. So, in essence, uh, Legion lost. The pitch is that they're basically lost in like a massively different part of the universe than obviously they are normally, and they are literally a Legion lost. Um, now, what happened? They were on the Legion outpost, and there was some sort of Obviously, in the title before Legion Lost, there was some sort of end of the universe event they managed to prevent or something and effectively got lost. Is that what happened? Yeah, so uh, that would be at the end of the previous volume, and I don't super remember. I know the story was called Widening Rifts, right? and there's some rift in space that was opened up, but I don't remember why. Mm. But It's not uh, important. Like, yeah, they, no. yeah they, they effectively get lost. Now, we'll do the... Uh, like the sort of like the legion roll call as they call it which i always enjoy um who are the legionnaires that that are lost do do do, do you have their names yeah uh, let me make sure i got them all i'm looking at the front cover of legion lost one um, yeah i feel like someone's missing but i'll figure that out okay yeah element lad he's missing he's missing yeah. so we have two of the founders there. We have Saturn Girl and Lightning Lad. Saturn Girl is a telepath. Lightning Lad has lightning powers. And he's annoyingly changed his name, I find. Oh, right, yeah. In this version, he's Livewire. called Livewire. Livewire, which is annoying because that's a Superman villain. Is it? Yeah, there's a Superman oh, villain. Oh, the blue called, girl? Yeah, there's a Superman uh, girl who's called Livewire. I believe she's a villain. Like, but, Is uh, that her name? I think so. I think she's yeah, a, I think you're right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, huh, I never made that connection. Yeah, that is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah. So those two are founders. Uh, then we have uh, Phantom Girl, who goes by Apparition in this reboot. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Chameleon Boy, is it Chameleon Boy or Chameleon? They call him Chameleon here. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Again, they go by different names, so I can't get straight sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Chameleon, then we have Brainiac 5, who's uh, super smart. One of my favorites, uh, actually, is Brainiac 5. Um, he really shines here. I how come... I Look, this is where my uh, sort of, you know, confusion lies. How... Like, I get it that he's he's an android like Brainiac. Is that right? Or is he actually sort of an alien? I don't quite um, get it. I like, think alien and android, uh, they're like a computer race. Okay. And unlike Brainiac, the Superman villain, he's not evil AI at all. He's quite quite good. He kind of wrestles with it sometimes, where yeah. his he, he's kind of mad at times, right? Like crazy. Um, yeah. And he comes from Kolu, though, um, mm-hmm. which is where Brainiac, the Superman villain, did originate originally as well. Am I right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes he's actually like his family, like descendant. Right. And sometimes it's just like. Uh, the smartest person on Kolu gets called Brainiac, and I'm the fifth so, one. So right. he kind of goes in and out whether or not he's actually related. Okay, cool. Continue. Yeah, so we have, I guess I'll just, I should have just gone in order. Monstrous, she's a big uh, orange 
monstery Hulk person. Probably the most annoying one to me. I, I felt. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, didn't, I, never I, didn't, her. I didn't like her at all, really, frankly. This is the most I've ever liked her in this story, and like you said, she's still pretty annoying. Right. Uh, Shadow Lass, I uh-huh. think. Umbra, is no, that she, right? Is that Umbra. her? Yeah, yeah, you're right. She goes by Umbra here. Uh, they tried to get rid of the lad last names with this reboot, um, you know, because they're kind of cheesy. I but... prefer the original names, but anyway, that's just me. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kid Quantum. Yes. The second Kid Quantum, actually. Her brother was the first Kid Quantum. Right. And he's the reason that Legionnaires have to have a natural superpower because he was killed when his device that gave him superpowers, like, blitzed out. Okay. So from then on. Every Legionnaire has to have a natural superpower. Gotcha. Uh, Ultra Boy, who has all the powers of Superman, but, but only one can only use time. one at a time. Yeah, one at a time. Okay. Oh, it's 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 Superman. Literally, is it that? Is it just? I mean, they don't say like you know. They say I guess Superboy. He has the powers of Superboy. So he's got heat vision and stuff, and cold breath, and all that. Uh, yeah. Except it's called like Ultra Vision or Flash Vision or something. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and then the new member on the cover here is Shikari, who oh, they yeah, discover the, in this series. Yeah, the one who can find the way, basically. She's like a tracker. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then also not listed on the cover is Element Lad, who has the ability to change elements from or, one element to another. One of my favorite guys, uh, is it Wildfire, the guy in the suit? Oh, yeah, he's not on here either. I, I'm a big fan uh, yeah. of him. And I guess he's not in there because he doesn't come on for a few issues. Uh, yeah, exactly. I like him. Uh, he I think he's is, cool. Uh, made up of energy and is just a suit, so he's always kind of cool, and he's kind of the hothead. You'd almost call him the Wolverine of the group. And I energy. really like his visual. His suit's cool. Yeah, he always has a cool suit. Um, yeah, that's cool. So yeah, he's one of my favorites too. Yeah. Um, all right. So, like, in essence, they uh, like we'll go issue by issue, I guess. Like. Um, they wake up, um, the, the tracker basically is being chased by these baddies, um, I forget what they're called, what, what are the baddies' names, they're the prog, prognators or something? Uh, the progeny. Progeny, yeah, and they, they're chasing her, they kill her companion as they're chasing her, and then she finds the, the Shattered Legion outpost. Yeah, and she's like a... I would almost compare it to like Native American. Yes. She's, uh, yeah. You know, they always travel from here to there, and that is kind of interesting. She's actually supposed to be the reboot version of Dawnstar, right. who also was the Legionnaire with wings and had tracking abilities. Yeah. Um, but for here, they call her Shikari and made her like an alien, more yeah. alien and less Native American. Right, okay. Um, so trying, yeah, trying to be a little PC, thing. basically. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so she stumbles upon the Legionnaires, and they're locked in Traumite. Uh, and we see Element Lad left a video recording that says that he had to lock them in Traumite in order to get them through uh, a rift in space that they fell into. Yeah. And, yes, and then what happens is, doesn't she wake them up or something? Like, the, the prognators come in, I'm looking through the issue, they fight, yes, and then during the fight... Basically, they laser the the containment things they're in, like the stasis fields or whatever it is they're, they're locked in, and then the Legion is effectively all wakes up, basically. Um, and then originally they ca- they're just they're just kind of they wake up and have to start fighting, and it's a really cool scene because 
you see each of them using their powers, like you see Lightning Lad, or should I call him Livewire, like using his powers, uh, Kid Quantum using hers. Like everyone's kind of, I like that, that they wake up right into the middle of a battle and, uh, you know, they're like a team. They're straight away locked in, locked and loaded kind of thing. Yeah, and a cool twist, I thought, was the fact that you can't read anything that they're saying yes. because we're seeing what the progeny and what uh, the Shikari says. Yes. But we get the idea that the Legion is far, far away because, you know, they're completely different. And, uh, they can't understand what they're saying. Yeah, because normally their Legion flight rings would translate it, wouldn't they? I don't know if that's normally a Legion flight ring thing. Oh. It depends on the version, but here, obviously not. They have to use, like, earplugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, someone says at some point that the the language is not, uh, how can I say, like, not programmed into their flight ring or something like that. Like. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, anyway, I mean, yeah, they're, they're a long way from home. And, yeah, that kind of kicks off the central concept of the book which i i think is really cool and like straight away there's a fair bit of aggression being shown by uh ultra boy he he, he, he like chokes out lightning lad yeah he gets a little freaked out uh when uh apparition doesn't isn't with them because he knows that she was with them whenever the rift opened and that's his wife um, yeah yeah that's uh i think that's the only marriage in the legion at this time right okay yeah yeah, and she's uh, and that's what, then she comes out and she's like, "Joe, relax, honey, I'm all right." When the crossfire hit my cocoon, I phased out and landed downstairs, and he's super happy about that. Um, and then yeah, and he's kind of a hothead, like you said. So it kind of sets up that he's going to be the one. He he comes from like a gang back on his home planet, right? Um, cool. Which is kind of always an interesting thing about him. He's always kind of like the again, kind of like a Wolverine, and he's always kind of like half criminal. And does everyone on his home planet have those powers that he has? No. He got his powers when he was swallowed by a space dragon oh. or a space whale. His name is Jonah, which is supposed to be a reference to like Jonah and the whale. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. Silver Age. Yeah, no, no I, I like it. I, 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 actually, <laughs> like, I actually think that kind of stuff's cool. Um, and yeah. then the issue ends with Brainiac 5 saying... Apparition's not the only thing to pop out of nowhere. I don't want to alarm your Legion, but we've got company, and there's a big spaceship that dwarfs the Legion outpost. Yeah, and we know that the uh, progeny is coming to attack. The progeny are little bastards, aren't they? They're just little, they are little bastards. Little punks. Like, and they just want to just delete everything. They just You almost wouldn't take them seriously, but... Um, <laughs> they're just they're so fucking lethal. violent, though. These little <laughs> sort of, like, hate machines basically like they look like little cockroaches yeah i know but like there's just so many of them and they're just so insistent <laughs> yeah and they, i guess they have like superior technology yeah they've got but, good tech uh, yeah they've got good tech and they're in kind of a weird version of space like it you know it it, it feels like it's really like uh like the fr the fringe world's kind of feel you know yeah definitely um definitely far from where they're used to being yeah is the is the legion um the federation of planets is that like a galaxy wide thing or, or what um like i think it is yeah. galaxy wide but yeah. you know there being many galaxies yes that not every galaxy i guess well yeah because in this they're 
they're a bit confusing about when they're like, at one point they're like, we could be anywhere in the galaxy. And then, then they're like, oh, we could be anywhere in the universe or we could be outside the universe. It's kind of like, make your mind up. Like, you know, if you're in the galaxy, I, I would have thought that with their technology, they could have tracked where they were if they were in the Milky Way. You know, that's kind of what I'm thinking too. Is <laughs> like, you know, he should probably know that he was outside of the galaxy. Yeah, he's like, we could be anywhere in the galaxy. I'm like, seriously, you can't. I, I would think with today's technology, you could map the Milky Way. You know? Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Anyway, but like, yeah. but but it changes because then at times they're like, we're we're outside the universe. It's like what? <laughs> I think what happened is we find out later that they were outside the universe. Yeah, okay. But, uh, yeah, outside of reality, even, I think they said. Now, something they do a lot here in this um, in this 12-issue series is there's a lot of switching of perspectives. Um, so the next yeah, issue each, kicks uh, off... Yeah, issue is a different person. Yes. Different so member. The next one kicks off with Monstrous, kind of um, waffling on, um, and, you know, she, it's, she, you're just getting her point of view. Interesting character idea, uh, how she changed from being sort of like a princess to some experiment or something went awry and she turned into monstrous and then she got effectively exiled from her family. Yeah, um, well, like we said before, neither of us are like no, uh, I don't really like her. big fans of her. But yeah, here, I don't think the entire time, because she, she was in the book before, I don't think they ever said like where she came from. So it was cool to see that and it kind of made me like her more. But uh, I could have done yeah, without the way she calls everyone dear and stuff. Yeah, she sounds like she's like a sixty-year-old woman. Yeah, like it's, but it's odd. Like it does. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I just felt like it was really artificial writing. Like, um, yeah, yeah. She, she's also just she's just the Hulk character as well. Like you know, like the She-Hulk kind of thing. Yeah, there's not a lot to her, and it's they already have a lot of other like strong members. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. yeah. But also here, you know, we I guess you kind of do like her because you see how she's outraged because we see that the progeny is killing anyone that they consider variant and then recycling them. Yes. Um, and she's the one that kind of leads the charge there, which I did like that, that, you know, she was concerned about that. Yeah. Now, I'm just thinking through the issue and I see the interesting part where uh, Lightning Lad says, I think my flight ring sprocked. And so the flight rings aren't working in this version of the universe. And I think that's a really neat idea because even someone like me who is only sort of casually familiar with Legion, the flight rings are a big thing that every Legionnaire can fly because they've got a flight ring like Booster Gold style one, you know? Yeah, I, I would love to have an actual flight ring and just be able to fly around with it. But uh, I think it's neat yeah. that, that every Legionnaire gets a flight ring. And and the fact that that's not working that that's another sort of hole in their vessel kind of thing like that's another setback. Yeah, sure. It makes everything harder. Um, yeah, they all kind of rely on it at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's just exactly. It's just like a car or something. You just expect it to work, and and then suddenly it's not working, and you're you're so far from home. You're like, oh great. Uh, Brainiac to me, I felt uh, was in this whole how can I say, series, I felt like he wasn't at his best. I felt like Brainiac was a bit overwhelmed by the the magnitude of the problem they were facing. Uh, yeah, and we see later that um, we get an issue from his perspective, yes. and I think it's really interesting. We see all of his lists of priorities and projects to work on, 
Uh, and then even after that, we find out that he's not actually working on anything. Some of the times he's just pretending to work on things to give everyone else hope because he knows that they kind of rely on him for yeah. any of the thinking. Well, I thought that he was going to be the one... At the start of the series, I thought, well, this is going to come down to Brainiac. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to have to create something to get them home, basically. Because that's what I thought was going to have to happen. Like, um, And it's interesting, I think, that they don't take that obvious route, you know? Like, he helps, but it's not just Brainiac sitting in his laboratory kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I guess it would get kind of boring at a certain point when everything is yeah. resolved by Brainiac 5, which, yes. uh, you know, can be a thing at times in the Legion just because, you know... He's the smartest one, so it's easy to just say, uh, we had Brainiac fix it. Yeah. So I'm just flicking through this issue and, and, and cut in with any, if there's anything you want to mention about issue two. But, like, we see, as you said, Monstrous looking at all the recycling stuff and she gets really kind of, like, irate. Um, and, you know, she's they're sort of debating the topic and stuff. And then you see her backstory, which I, I thought was interesting. Like, she comes from an elite family, the cream of society, and then she, she, she drops down to the lowest level because... Basically, her father rejects her after she's been disfigured, um, and the and the worker class shunned her because they saw her as an enemy, and her father shunned her because of um, the incident. Uh, yeah, and it's pretty sad because we do get the idea that she's like a good person, even when she yeah. was royalty. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, she's but a, uh, a nice. Yeah, she comes from that. Xanthu, which is the same planet that traditionally Starboy would be from. Um, but her and Kid Quantum, they all come from Xanthu. Who's Starboy? Starboy, you should probably know from uh, Jeff Johns' JSA. Mm-hmm. There's a character in there that has... He's in Kingdom Come, too. He's got stars all over his costume. Okay. Right, I may okay. not have got up to in JSA. Uh, gotcha. Okay. You'd probably know him if you saw him. Um, yeah. But yeah. he has the power to make things heavy, and he's another Legionnaire. Oh, you, no, I do know him then. Yeah, I, I have okay. read, I've read some Legion where he's actually quite cool. Um, yeah, I like him. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. And then, then when you mentioned his power, I, I remembered that power being used um, yeah. in some of the Legion I've read. So basically they attack um, the progeny. Uh, yeah, and they find a, a primitive atomic reactor. Um, oh, one thing is that the cursing in the Legion is always fun. Yes. Um Nas heads, uh, she says, and then earlier you said sprocked. Yes, those are curse words, but it's kind of fun that you can actually say them in the comic because yeah, that's like Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd does the same thing. They've got Storm and uh, Drock and you know different. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I I think it's good. Like the 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 meaning gets conveyed without it having to be. Oh well, this is like an R rated comic. You know, it's just <laughs> the meaning of it gets conveyed. Um, yeah, and so, look, basically, they attack the progeny. I'm just looking through here, trying to work out what's happening. Um, yeah, they're just... There's a lot of, um, sort of dead-end fighting in, in this in this 12-issue uh, series, I find. Like, it, they really do run into a lot of dead ends. Um, I'm not sure what you mean. Uh, well, I, okay, uh, what I mean is, like, they sort of... They're trying to get stuff, but often it doesn't result in, like, what they're hoping. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like a lot of the time they're, they're, they're sort of trying to get stuff to get home, but obstacles are putting oh, their yeah. way. I see what you mean, yeah. yeah. Well, in this case, they end up 
making it to like the progeny command center and they end up giving them uh demanding that they give them a ship which helps them out mm. and they end up rigging that up to the uh what did you call it the the outpost outpost yeah you yeah. know better than me um and then they sort yeah. of had this cool kind of like jury rigged ship kind of thing that they're flying around in that that it just feels like it's made out of like you know uh paper and glue almost you know yeah that was cool yeah i think i think it's cool and then we one of the big concepts in this is they're not just lost physically they're lost um like monster saying we really are lost aren't we irma uh i don't i didn't mean just geographically everything we value everything we believe in i don't think any of it will matter in this horrid place that's cool because they're so far from home that their set of values and stuff don't really align with this kind of weird fringe world they're in. Yeah, exactly. They're, you know, kind of encountering something worse than what they've ever encountered before. Um, and then also, you know, the Legion are just trying to survive where yes. you already saw how they weren't, you know, ready to save the the victims from the progeny. They, you know, had to kind of sort out their priorities. Yeah, in, indeed. Yeah, and there was this. The, yeah, exactly. There was this whole sort of uh, moral quandary. Then we come to issue three, Lone Star State, and and Adam, you can. You know, I am hopeless at synopsis, so if you want to jump in, feel free. Um, but oh. it does. I'm just flicking through. It starts out with Kid Quantum looking through uh, Element Lads kind of videos, and she's very fixated on them. Did she have a relationship with him or, or something? She seems very close to him. No, actually, Monstrous was the one that always seemed like the closest to him. So I was oh. kind of surprised, you know. And I could be misremembering because a lot of the stuff that came before this I didn't read as much. But sure. Kid Quantum is kind of like a later edition. She's pretty like recent to the team. Uh-huh. So yeah, I don't know. I think they maybe just didn't have anything else to do with her. But yeah, yeah, yeah. she's got a similar but, power set to him too. Um, kind of, yeah, he can change elements, she has more, like, uh, control different elements of physics, so she could create, like, a bubble where time is faster or slower, oh. which is kind of cool, yeah. but, yeah. But, yeah, we see that Shikari's kind of starting to become familiar with the team, and she calls each one, yeah. instead of calling them by their names, she'll say, I think she calls her Brown Legion. She does, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which, uh, she didn't take too kind to, uh, no. or there's Large Legion or Fair Legion. legion. Yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and then we see a flashback to the fact that Kid Quantum, along with Wildfire and Element Lad, were instrumental in closing the rift, yes. which could be why she feels a connection to him, because those three were kind of out there and uh, fixed everything at the end of the previous storyline. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And in, in the meantime, they're going to the home world of, what is it, her name? Shikari. Yeah, I don't think they have a home world so much. The whole concept is that they're or the home ship, uh, like or migrating. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she like she calls it a brief world. Like wherever this nomad race is, just currently for five seconds, like sort of living. It's it's kind of interesting actually. Her race, like she talks about it, like they um they're nomads and they follow this thing called the way, uh, basically, which they instinctively seem to know. And they don't stick anywhere, and they they had some sort of like followed a vision or something, and came to this portion of the universe where they unfortunately met the progeny. Um, 
but it's interesting. Like they're just like a nomad kind of race in space. Yeah, I like her vocabulary because it's always a little bit different because she doesn't have the same concepts because she doesn't know about because everything for her is so temporary. So instead of home, it's their brief home or whatever. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah, Things yeah, translate yeah. a little differently. Yeah, no, it's um, cool. I, And then we see that uh, Saturn Girl is the leader of the team now. Yes. And, you know, she's not exactly handling it the greatest. Yeah, I've never uh, seen Saturn Girl so sort of down and, and full of doubt. I'm sure she has been, but she seems particularly sort of filled with self-doubt in, in, in this series. Like, you know... Yeah, um, yeah part of it is she's... Uh, distracted by something that I guess we'll get to yes. later. Yes. A reveal, but yeah. Um, so she's not really handling things. You know, she's doing pretty good. She negotiated yeah. with the progeny and got everything they needed from them. Um, and she's been good about delegating, uh, but she's having some problems with her personal relationship with Livewire. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because they are an item. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, they're kind of the classic Legion uh, couple. Right. Is she uh, brother and sister to Cosmic Boy? No. The three of them are founders of right. the team. I see. And then Lightning Lad or Livewire is brother and sister with Lightning Lass. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Right. Yeah, for some reason I always thought it was Saturn Girl and Cosmic Boy that were a couple, but it's it's Saturn Girl and Lightning Lad. Okay. All right. No. Yeah. They're the couple. It's Lightning Lass or Light Lass and Lightning Lad that are brother and sister yes gotcha okay yeah, okay gotcha. Yeah, yeah. i thought you said it differently my bad no no all, um, all good um and yeah i think it is interesting they go there and they're basically looking for sort of technology and stuff that can help them get home yeah exactly and then we we kind of find out i don't know if this is jumping forward too far for you but we find out that what drew shikari's people to that portion of space is that they follow like stars or comets yes um, yeah exactly and then one of the stars that they were following turns out to be the energy from wildfire who cool. is a former legionnaire um so he who's came made of energy the rift as well. and he was actually able to survive the trip outside of the uh uh the traumite like the rest of the legionnaires because he's only made of energy and then he gets his badass suit which looks awesome i think Oh, yeah, super cool. Yeah. And it kind of makes you wonder if, you know, because we find out later that it's been quite a while since the Legion came through. Yes. Um, how long Wildfire's been yeah, out there. just sitting out there? Yeah, Yeah, no one seems to care. <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah. it's kind he's of not funny. that deep. He's kind of dumb. So they're like, he'll be all right. Yeah, he's okay. And he's kind of pumped same. to be back as well, which I like, you know? It feels yeah, so good to move, to feel, to be. You've no idea how long it's felt. Grife, this feels so sprock and good. And then, <laughs> you're right, when it gets to the fighting and stuff, he's just like, he's like, say, Kid Quantum, I realise there's no time for detailed explanation, but they're the bad guys, right? Uh, and she's like, right, oh, okay, that's all I needed to know. And he's just like, yeah, wild, wildfire's cool. Um, yeah. He's very just cool. point him in the direction and he'll he'll get it done. Yep, and um, they basically fight off what I imagine were the more progeny, um, you know, all together. And then you've got Kid Quantum saying, so there are two more of us now, Shikari, on whom our hopes rest. And I guess they're sort of saying, you know, there's a bit of hope. But in the meantime, 
the progeny find uh, like this pyramid in space, and it's kind of a teaser that gets you know um, brought in later. And they they go they go into the pyramid, open something up, which sort of destroys them, and it's sort of left with a cliffhanger. Yeah, and then I guess we can go ahead and say that turns out to be a creature that just devours anything that comes into contact with it, which is kind of similar to the progeny themselves. Yes, like yeah, he's just on a much bigger level, kind of thing. Um, yeah, it, it's and actually not come... very well fleshed out that 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 aspect of the story. I didn't think like yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, like where it comes from. Yeah, you're sort of like okay, I, I guess like it's just. It's just a bit of comic book logic that applies to that 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 creature. I think that's a bit convenient, almost. You know. Um, yeah, and yet I like kind of the idea of them just stumbling upon yeah, these yeah. different things. We get that every couple issues as is the Legion stumbles upon this weird thing that happens to be there. Yes. Um, yeah, it almost seems like it could be like a Twilight Zone type. Oh, definitely. Concept. Yeah, it, it's the whole mystery of the unknown because they're so far from home. You know. Yeah, exactly. Everything's so foreign and bizarre. Yeah, which is cool. Um, the next episode uh, starts with... Who is the character in white? Is that Apparition? Yes, it's Apparition. Okay. And she's well, you might know her as Phantom Girl. Phantom Girl. And she's fighting, um, clearly, Chameleon, who's, you know, I think a fairly cool character, actually. Um, yeah, I think Chameleon and Brainiac 5 are pretty cool because they're also the earliest Legionnaires that actually looked different. Yes. You know? Yeah. Before they were all just like a bunch of white people. I was going to say, they're um, just white, mi- middle middle class white Americana. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like the first, you know, 20 pe- like members of the team are all just white people. And then eventually we get Chameleon and Brainiac 5 and then eventually Shadowlass. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, what did you, by the way, at times I was, look, I'm looking at pictures here of Saturn Girl talking to Lightning Lad uh, and, you know, they're, their relationship drama, it's kind of a perennial throughout this whole thing. Like, she's she's kind of ghosting him a little bit and he's kind of pissed off about it. And, um, you know, they were apparently going to get married and now she's put that on ice because of the huge problem. And he's kind of got the shits yeah. about that. But when you look at the artwork on the face, at times I was like, are they just unwashed? Or is that the art- artistic style that the artist has chosen? I think that's just the style... Um... Yeah. yeah, that's something we didn't mention, but this comic was actually hard for me to read the first time because I wasn't used to this kind of style. It, sure. Um, Oliver Coipel, but I think this one is actually the Pascal Alix. Right. Uh, or maybe it's not. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who did this specific one, but it definitely is like a different art style that I wasn't really used to at the time. It's It's not your classic sort of like Ivan Reyes art or something, you know, like... That sort of classic superhero art. It's it's more scratchy. I, I I don't mind it, but it's just it's it's definitely kind of got a different feel and mood to it. it, it look, it's not what I would choose to to really, frankly, have as an artist on a book. But he gets the job done. Yeah, and uh, I can't speak for this other guy, but I know like uh, Oliver Coipel. Mm. You know, he's gone on to do some pretty great things and kind of polished his style more. Yeah, but yeah, here's pretty early. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's interesting, nonetheless. Um, so what happens here? They they have a little bit of a fight. Then we have Apparition and... Um, what's his name? Ultra Boy. They're sort of like uh, having a little bit of a kissing session there. 
Um, yeah, I think he says he's not worried about getting home. He's just worried about what will be home whenever they get there. Interesting. Which is kind of a cool little tease because, uh, you know, we're only getting this book, uh, so we don't know after that rift if everything was okay or not. Yeah, no idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting conversation between Kid Quantum and Brainiac where she basically says she doesn't even understand how a power works, which just boggles his mind. Um, he's funny. I, I can't believe you don't. I mean, it's so basic. I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they have good fun with Brainiac 5 uh, in this series. You know, he's just smarter than everybody else. Yeah. Apparition goes down to Umbra. Umbra's really struggling for form. She's just so dark and so moody. Um, yeah, so in the previous story arc, uh, the United Planets was invaded by a species called the Blight. Yes. And the Blight would just take over people and send them out as like their soldiers, kind of like pod people, I guess. Right. Um, and she was one of like the big characters that were involved with that, so... She's, like, scarred from that, I guess. She's carrying some mental baggage. For sure. Um, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, but interestingly enough, there's a good scene. Is it Apparition? Um, she's talking about the Blight. And um, is, is it Apparition? And she's talking to Kid Quantum. And she says, <laughs> Umbra, though, she's a downright mess. I was wondering how come you never seem to be troubled. And you see Kid Quantum in the shower and the what I imagine must be one of the Blight kind of mm-hmm. right there beside her. So she's still carrying that trauma herself as well. Yeah. Um, I thought that was, that, was a good, that was a good panel, you know, like conveying, like if you came back from a really horrific like POW war experience and, you know, I often think about this and people who've been like, say, imprisoned, uh, you know, illegally in a foreign country and just endured really bad hardship for, like, two years, you know, like Iran or somewhere, and then they finally get released and they're sort of stuck in front of the cameras and you think, God, like, how how hard it must be for these people who've, you know, maybe a few days ago been stuck in the horrific conditions and suddenly they're back to normal and everyone expects them to be normal and just selling their book or whatever, you know? Yeah, exactly. And in this case, we just see... You know, people handle things different ways, right? Yes, yeah. Umbra's really struggling, which I think ties into her power set as well, though. Like, um, she's got these kind of dark, weird powers, and unfortunately that kind of accentuates her trauma, I think. Yeah, and she's from a warrior race, too, so I think, you know, being used and controlled would be especially hard for her, I guess. Yeah. Because she's not used to submitting, I guess. Yeah, indeed. Um... Yeah, and then you you have a good scene with uh you have a good scene with a wildfire. I'm always up for a wildfire scene, um and they're sort of he's just chatting to Shikari. So you think we'll fit in Kari? I mean, he's really embraced her straight away. Um, yeah, it kind of ties into the the original Legion where Wildfire and Dawnstar were they weren't exactly lovers because he doesn't have a body. Yes, but they were all he was always kind of pining for her. And here, I liked the connection initially because her entire race was, like, following him almost like he was... uh, Like a god. You know, like an... Yeah, like an entity entity for them. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I didn't think of that. And that's clever that they're tying in with the sort of replacement kind of modernized version with the relationship that, you know, or attachment that he had with the sort of prior template, you know, back in the day. 
That's cool. Yeah, I really like that. It's clever writing. I must say, Dan Abnett, I, I, I do want to say this, Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, but Dan Abnett especially, I, I've read a lot of his stuff over multiple things, like his Warhammer novels, um, just various things this guy has done. He's he's very consistent. You know, I like I, I think slightly underrated as a writer, frankly. Yeah, I haven't read enough of his stuff, but I can tell you just from his Legion that, you know, hmm. I really respect him just... Uh, look, I'd recommend his Warhammer novels. His Warhammer novels are really good. Um, he's a, he's a good novelist as well, with a very visual style. You can see his his mm-hmm. comic book influence. Yeah, he's 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 it's he's he's consistent. You know what I mean? Like he's he's always sitting mm-hmm. on like a seven point five and a bit higher kind of thing, which I think is a talent. Yeah. I think a lot of guys. Oh, for sure. You know, um, some guys should kill for that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, oh, uh, another interesting thing, I guess, is I think. You know, they used to always be a writing team, Abnet and Lanning. Yeah, uh, and people actually out. call them DNA. Yeah. But I think they had a falling out uh, in the last, you know, five years or so. Well, they had a falling out whenever the first uh, Guardians movie came out. They, they'd stopped writing together a couple of years before that. And I researched it when I was reading this. And then they came back. James Gunn wanted them to do like a sort of tie-in sort of comic book of the movie. Oh. And uh-huh. they came back and did that. But Dan Abnett said, look, it just wasn't working anymore and it hadn't been for some time. Uh, I'm a lot happier <laughs> writing alone um, now. <laughs> uh, and frankly, he's far more prolific. If you look at his work since and even before, he, he even said in the interview, look, I always did write a fair bit of stuff myself and I'm very busy. You know, maybe he just didn't need a co-writer anymore. Like he's doing all this yeah. Warhammer, he's doing all these different things. Why keep splitting the check? You know? Yeah. Uh, I know Lanning is also the colorist, I think, of this. So. Inca, the Inca. Maybe he went into that more. Yeah, indeed. I mean, is it like John Lennon and Paul McCartney splitting ways? You know? I wonder. <laughs> if only we were a fly on the wall of that, of that last thing. What's interesting, though, is if you look at Andy Lanning's stuff, he's written nothing since. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah, no, I researched it, man, because, you know me, I like to get into the details of these kind of falling outs and... Uh, one guy's got on to do a lot of stuff and one guy hasn't, you know? Yeah, I guess, yeah, what's that tell you? It tells me a lot. <laughs> I'll let the reader make up their, or the listener make up their own minds. <laughs> then then we have um, Brainiac, he's getting a test on the makeshift drive. Um, he does it. There is a modicum of success. Uh, there's 16 light years from our starting point. So, um, I mean, it, but that's nowhere near enough. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that's nowhere near enough to get them home. But it's at least showing that the drive did, you know, work a little bit. Yeah, it's crazy to think, you know, 16 light years. It's a lot of light years. It is, but I, I think in the context of space, maybe not so much, you know? Yeah, you're probably right, yeah. Um, I'm no fucking, you know... Uh, I have no astronomer, but I I don't think it's I don't think it's that far. I mean, it, it, I it, mean, I guess space is endless, so I guess yeah. And don't forget, they're outside the universe or whatever as well. So, they're. I right. don't think they are now. Oh, aren't they? Oh, okay, they're inside the universe now. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that later. But okay. yeah, all right. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm confused on that point. Um, they're far off in a different galaxy. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. Yeah, okay. And then you, you see there are these parasites and wildfire goes out. You parasites, like, feeding off energy, eat this. And then they're like, Grife, what have you done? You've just killed bugs, live wire. Brandy compared them to moths, mindless parasitic moths. 
<laughs> By the way, for the record, call me Wildfire. I like that as well. Yeah, that was quite the call to make, though, because it's like, well, just because Brainy said they were like that doesn't mean <laughs> that they were. But I think Livewire like doesn't really like love this whole no killing thing. Like, I think he's just a bit more loose, you know? Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, but yeah, before this, he was actually called Erg One, which I always thought was pretty lame. Yeah, that's hugely lame. That, and that's actually what she calls him here. She says, Grife Erg One, what have you done? And then it's when he corrects it, call me Wildfire. If you're gonna yeah, talk to cooler. me if you're gonna talk to me at all, call me Wildfire. Um <laughs> Apparition's kinda happy with him. Um, Saturn Girl, there's a scene here where you see her holding uh, Apparition. And then we're all in this together, right? And, and the final image is uh, a very good image, actually, uh, of this artist. And you see, and you are right, uh, Pascal Alexi did the pencils on this issue. It's at the end of the issue. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Cool. A, a very good um, picture of the spaceship just in the middle of space, just drifting. Yeah, um, it kind of gives you the feeling of, you know, they have a moment's rest or a little bit of peace. Yeah, and... All peace is an illusion, Adam. It's just a yeah. it's just a breath between wall. Um, <laughs> now, I, I want to hand this one to you because I know you've mentioned already. Issue five is the one that's through Brainy's, um, you know, point of point of vision, point of view. Yeah, um, and I think this is maybe one of the best issues, just because you get to see Brainy's point of view. Yes. Um, uh, which. Yeah, they call him Brainy, Brainiac 5. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we get to see a list of all the things that he's got and his priorities, and it's pretty insane and overwhelming to a normal person, but to him, you kind of get the feeling that this is just like his normal yeah. uh, status quo. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, Saturn, indeed, he, this, no, is, this is how he sort of handles everything. Like, even if it was just a normal day in the Legion, he would still have these routines running in his brain, wouldn't he? Yeah, you know, you get the idea that he's always got this huge list of things going on. Um, but uh, Saturn Girl kind of gives him shit. He's like, oh, thanks for joining us, Brainy. We only contacted you 20 minutes ago. And then in the, before that, we saw this list of giant things he had to do. But uh, then we also actually see Brainy is kind of overwhelmed by what he does see, which is the prison uh, that the... Uh, Progeny stumbled upon to a few issues earlier where they got vaporized. Yes, yes, yeah. And he says he's still, yeah. still collating. Yeah, he's still collating. Um, and then we find out that Shikari is the one that led them to this prison. Mm -hmm. And Brainy's kind of skept skeptical, skeptical of that. Yes. He makes a note. He says, keep skepticism regarding Shikari's powers to self. <laughs> and he says to her, you say your instinct told you we should come here, Shikari. Did it tell you what we'd find? And it says, it told me we would find a way of getting you home. It did not show me a picture of that thing, if that is what you mean. And he says, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a little skeptical. Yeah. He's like a little kid in how they've designed him, because I'm used to a different version of Brainy where he looks a bit older, but this in this version, he's like, you'd think he was like 13. You know? Yeah, they're all scaled back a little bit in age with the reboot, but uh, yeah, him particularly, you know, they have different body sizes and shapes, and yeah. you know, whereas in the older stuff, they kind of always look the same. I've got a question. I I remember reading in like I think it was Abdon Lanning, maybe it was Mark Wade, 
then if you take away the strips from his brain, he becomes evil or something. Is that right? Like the, those little bits and pieces on his face, does that stop him from becoming like full Brainiac Superman style? Yeah, I think that was what the concept was. Was uh, He was kind of losing it a little bit, so he did that to keep himself in check. Cool. I, yeah. I'd be interested in, in, a, in a Legion story where Brainiac goes full like Superman Brainiac style. And they've got to kind of bring him back. Uh, that's actually the animated series they did that. Cool. But yeah, there's some other the comics too. I can point those to you. Cool. Or point you to them after the show. Sure. Cool. Um, but yeah, we we find out that this shape that they've discovered is actually a prison made out of pure light uh-huh. for this thing called the Omnifagos, which means uh, eating. Well, you know, it means like eat everything. Uh-huh. So basically, this creature is trying to consume everything in the universe. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then we see that Chameleon Boy, or Chameleon in this case, transforms into the Omnifagos. Um, yeah. But uh, Brainy tries to warn him, error, error, clear, uh, must warn Chameleon, the Omnifagos has no kind. It is a singular thing. Yeah, so it won't be fooled. Yeah, he won't be fooled into thinking that it's just another of his own kind, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and, you know, yeah, I think you're right. They don't really explain much about what this creature is or where he comes from. But it's just uh, kind of an interesting concept of this being this creature that just consumes. Yeah, and maybe you don't need to. Like, like it's cool. Like, my, my problem with it is probably the final issue of it, like the resolution. I like the way that it's built up. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's interesting. Uh, yeah. And, and um, he's in, so he's in a... Did you mention... The 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 thing that um, Shikari got drawn to is in fact the prison that is holding this this creature. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they know that they need to go to the prison. Uh, she's saying they need to go to the prison in order for them to find their way home. Yes. Um, but we kind of see that that doesn't really work out, at least as of now. And they kind of subdue the creature. I'm not really. Sure. I don't remember what happens to him, but you know they get away. Yes. And then. You know, Brainy still kind of feels a little hopeless and almost wishes that there was something to Shikari's power, but he doesn't really have a lot of faith in her anymore. No, or never did really. Yeah, he he. So now it's down to me, and I don't know where to begin. Um, he's like, uh, instinct, self note, instinct, magic, maybe has been found wanting. Science is the only option left, naturally. So he feels the pressure now more than ever because the magical, you know, slash mystical means has proved, in this issue at least, to not be satisfactory. So, brainy more than ever, it's it's come down to him, you know? Yeah, and you get the feeling that he's not used to not having an idea what to do. You yes, know? yeah. He keeps saying, still collating, still collating. Like, he's so far from home, and the Seneca circumstances is so dire that he almost doesn't have the tools to be able to assemble the machine to get them back or the people, you know, he's lacking. There's only so much someone can do if they don't even have the raw materials, you know? Yeah. I'd say that's probably his problem, you know, having a, just half of their headquarters left. Would have been an interesting, um, you know, meeting where they decided what legionnaires to put on the out, you know, the outpost for Legion lost would have been interesting. Some brainy has to be there, you know, Saturn girl, has to be there. And and then I think they have to fill the team out. Would have been an interesting sort of as a Legion fan, uh, Adam, to sit there and work out who's gonna make the cut. 
Yeah, that is cool. Uh, just kind of, you know, who would be... You're talking about how they decided who would be in this story? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I think they made some good choices, you know, a pretty so. varied yeah. power set. Yeah, um, yeah. No, definitely. Cool I think, personalities. Yeah, yeah, I think it's um, I think it's cool. Then we have an issue um, that's, I think, one of the most interesting issues. Uh, it's Umbra basically going insane um, combined with Saturn Girl getting put into a coma because she's trying to take away all of Umbra's fears. At the same time, there's an expedition led down to this planet they find, and this creature, or this sort of superhero, really, um, is busy exterminating threats. Um, yeah, the singularity. I thought it was a really interesting concept. Um, I could have spent more time with this issue. Uh, yeah, I do too. Um, well, you know, Joe, Ultra Boy, and Monsters go down to the planet because Shadow Lassie ejects out of the ship, and... Phantom Girl goes missing yeah. whenever Saturn Girl goes into a coma. Yes. Which, you know, um, and so they think that, you know, uh, Joe, Ultra Boy, is really concerned about apparition. Mm. So that's why he goes down. Um, and I think they set something, a cool concept here with this planet. But go ahead. Well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, just, I was just going to mention that, like, uh, I really liked the initial image of Singularity flying over and he's got all these tasks to stop, you know, to kill things and everything. Like, sort of like he's trapped in a video game where, you know, he's always fighting like bosses. And I was kind of like, what's going on here? And then it's revealed that his people have put him on this planet kind of as a reward, kind of as like a sort of imprisonment because he's defeated all the problems. They don't have any more problems. They live in like a utopia and he's just too powerful and too sort of violent. And so they put him on this planet where he's constantly fighting created challenges. And so when the Legionnaires come down there, um, basically Ultra Boy, whenever he switches to invulnerability, he he sees, like, through the illusion, he, he sees it kind of like as a sort of, I don't even know what he sees, he sort of sees nothing. And whereas when he's not using invulnerabilities, his power, he's inside the sort of uh, reality where they're fighting singularity and all this other stuff. Like, I, I just thought it was a cool concept. Yeah, I really liked that too. And what I was going to say is I like how it's set up his urgency to go rescue Apparition yes. is how he didn't realize what was going on. Because if he was just going into that situation, you know, you would think that somebody that can be invulnerable yeah. going into a situation like that would stay invulnerable. Yes. But due to his urgency, he was using his super speed or, you know, maybe because his flight ring wasn't working, he was uh, flying, uh, yeah. which would, you know, he can't be invulnerable while he's doing that. Wait, when uh, they say so it was cool that they set it up that way. When they say invulnerable, is there a limit to that still? Yeah, I think so. It's kind of like how... Uh, Anytime that you use invulnerability in comic books, I think they really mean like, uh, you know, I'm only vulnerable to people of my own strength. Like, like Superman isn't actually invulnerable. Could he take because, a nuclear bomb blast? That's what I'm sort of saying. I don't know. I don't know. He'd probably be like just below the level of Superman. Right. Okay. Cool. But yeah, if he was fighting Superman, it would be like two regular people fighting. Okay, gotcha, yeah. I mean, because Superman's powers vary so wildly, like pre-Crisis, where I'm reading now, I mean, his power set's enormous. You know, Superman was so much more powerful pre-Crisis than he is 
after that, you know? I find, yeah, that pretty interesting when he's super powerful like that. Um, it's crazy. He's literally... Or when they make up yeah. random superpowers for him, like super ventriloquism. Ventriloquism. <laughs> How can I not say that? Ventriloquism. Yeah. There we go. Some of those powers are pretty funny. There was a good one the other day where he goes, luckily... The red sun doesn't take away my super senses. And it's like, Jesus. Like, oh, super senses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like I don't know why it wouldn't, seeing that it just seems to have been created on the spot. Um, <laughs> like, it, it should, if we're following the logic of everything else. Um, yeah, but anyway, carry on. I, I, I really like this issue, because I think this is where things really start to get very interesting. Um the progeny are still doing their crazy shit. Um, the guys are down there, and then the final page of this issue um, is you see Singularity going down to really put a stomp on Umbra, um, and that's where. Which it seems like she had it coming at this point. She's been pretty grouchy. Oh yeah, she she was fighting everyone. She was fighting the Legion. She was fighting Singularity. She's just she's just got a me against the world complex, basically. Just. Drama, drama, drama. Trauma, trauma, trauma. Um, yeah, well, that's that's true, I guess, Adam. But, like, you know, uh, therapy, I mean, people were trying to reach out to her, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, she, she wasn't. Um, but, yeah, so they're down on the planet. Uh, you said already, I mean, we pretty much already summarized the next issue. Yes. Um, where yeah, I thought we could kind of they kind of reveal, together, you know, yeah. Yeah, where... Uh, Let's see. Well, the the issue seven is where the, the big twist happens. Um, they, All right. They're fighting Singularity. It's a big fight scene a lot of the time. Um, and basically Singularity is fighting Umbra and Brainy's doing something uh, up on the ship. I'm not quite sure what he's doing, but he's, he's doing something. And anyway, it then gets down to basically Monstrous gets Umbra uh, and then it gets dominated by Umbra, and then eventually it gets to this point where, guess what happens? The Legion comes back, and it's Cosmic Boy, Element Lad, who are the Lightning Lass, and who's the other and girl? And that is Shrinking Violet, who at this time was called Leviathan, because oh. she could actually grow. I see. But normally she shrinks, is that right? Correct. Yeah. I see. Okay. And yeah, they're all back. Um, and what a, I was reading this just before bed and I texted you and said, wow, the, the Legion's back. And Yeah, and I didn't want to spoil it no. for you. <laughs> well, no, you, you, thank you for not spoiling it. But it, it's a really good reveal. And I was like, wow, they're back at the end of issue seven. This is a 12-issue arc. And I was kind of like, wow, how are they... What's the rest of the issue going to be? Is it going to be like sort of like a version where getting back's just as hard? You know what I mean? Like they found them and now they've got yeah. to get back. And I was sort of confused as to how that was going to play out. But I and it's think... kind of a big moment of hope uh, yes. on the page. You know, very hopeful. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, and then did we find out in this issue singularity? I don't think we've yet found out what singularity secret is, have we? Um, no, yeah, no, not yet. They're still just fighting him. So then we go. We'll we'll go to issue eight where this and we'll basically I'll put this in my sort of stupid understanding. Um, you find out several things. You find out Singularity is uh, trapped in kind of an illusion. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, you find out that Saturn Girl has when they she recovers. What's hap- actually happened is that she's been her unconscious mind when she went into the coma brought up the Legion, uh, who who confusingly helped fight uh, Singularity. So my thought is that she's projecting. Uh, so yeah, basically what you're saying is that she is projecting the uh, the rescue party yes. into everyone's minds, and I think what it is is that her consciousness is kind of traveling with the Legion. Yeah, and uh, you know she's also projecting these other Legionnaires into Singularity's mind. So he, when he right. gets punched by Cosmic Boy or whatever, he thinks he's getting punched by Cosmic Boy, but he's not actually. Yeah, and it's really good because, like, I think by giving them sort of form on the battlefield, it convinces the reader they're real. You know what I mean? You you don't question, yeah exactly. You don't question it. It seems to be what's happening. Umbra's now without any sort of feelings of self doubt or anything because she's been basically her mind's been cleansed by Saturn Girl, which which sent Saturn Girl into a huge tailspin and coma uh, because of the sheer amount of um, energy I guess that she was taking up. Uh, apparition, I believe, has vanished, and in the wash it comes. And I was confused. Uh, like I, I understood that Saturn Girl had unconsciously, not not consciously, she had unconsciously projected the other Legionnaires. Okay, that was an unconscious thing. What I didn't understand at first was that she consciously had created apparition to soothe Ultra Boy. Yes. Yeah, so this issue, the end of this issue, it was the complete opposite of the previous issue where the last one was hope and optimism. This one's just like crushing defeat um, where you find out some of the things, well, like you said, she unconsciously summoned that rescue party just from, you know, being in a coma. Um, But the rest of the Legionnaires are pretty pissed off to find out that they haven't been rescued. And then beyond that, that they've been fooled with this entire time to think that the apparition was with them when really it was just uh, yeah. Saturn Girl projecting that to make everybody calm down. Yeah, look, I thought about it. At, f- at first, I was I, I thought they were all really pissed off at her for the Legion. I'm kind of like, well, she didn't mean to do that. Um, yeah. That was, you know, just a sort of offshoot of her issues. But I don't know, like, I was thinking about it. Like, the more I thought about it, the more I could understand why she did create apparition, you know? Because yeah, Ultra and Boy Brainy was even says that in the next issue. He does. In fairness to Ultra Boy, he doesn't hold on to the grudge too long. You know? Um, yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, you're right. Which is, which is, I think, a nice move. Like, this, this whole series, it kind of swerves a little bit. It kind of zigs when you think it's going to zag. Like, I like it. It's a bit unpredictable. Um, and it made it more of an enjoyable read. You know, sometimes when you read comics, it's very much A to B to C to D. Move the B story into the A story, the C story. Into, you know what I mean? It's quite predictable. Um, yeah. I felt that this 12-issue series, they had a bit of room and uh, Abner and Lanning kind of play with it a little bit. They sort of play with the reader's expectations in a good way, you know, um, while still remaining true to the characters. Uh that's just how I felt. I felt it was quite an enjoyable read in that sense, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I think there's three or four good curves, you know, we're yet to get to the, the big one the big at the one, end of the yeah. series, but 
Um, this thing about Saturn Girl was a big curve. The yes. thing about you know the Legionnaires not actually being there. Yes. Um, you know, all those things were just kind of like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, and I think that's what makes it such a fun read. Um, yes. Part of why I read it so highly. Yeah, definitely. Um, now we come to the first uh, page of issue nine. A very busty shot of Saturn Girl. If you look. Um, I think, uh, I, yeah, I noticed that too. I think I commented on that to you actually. I was like, "Well, Saturn Girl's actually got really decent boobs." Like, um, <laughs> I mean, they're they're right there. It's not like the artist is hiding it. It's it's there on display, and that kind of drew me to her in just more long shots, you know. And I noticed it was quite a consistent um, uh, depiction. So, something for the yeah, kids, something for the kids at home to enjoy, I guess. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind it either, yeah. I, I, I don't mind it at all, whereas I do mind the constant scratchy lines on the face. Like, if you look at page four of issue nine, look mm-hmm. at Lightning Lad's face. Like, I was like, I, I just kept going, are they not showering? And this is like a, like, <laughs> why is there so many lines on everyone's faces? Yeah, it's definitely an odd style, yeah. but... Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It, 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 Luckily, I think he only does like three of the issues. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I don't know. Sometimes I'm no artist, but I don't know why he felt the need to, to do that. You know, um, the progeny have a <laughs> sort of on a revenge mission. Um, they're just going around absolutely annihilating people. The, the yeah, they were even annihilating people that uh, it says they were like vassals you know, before, like... Yeah, for thousands of generations, even, it says. But, like, they're doing it very sort of helter-skelter, like, they're doing it because they're obsessed with the Legion, like, and I'm like, wow, they really don't like any competition. That's what it seemed like, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, the their creator, the, the progenitor, which we'll find more out about, is, yes. you know, Behind reaching his end game. Indeed. Now, did you notice that Umbra is very much more pleasant now? She's, like, talking to them and stuff. She's playing chess or not, I don't know if it's chess, but she's playing a game with Chameleon. She's actually smiling, like, because Saturn Girl's wiped away all that negativity, hasn't she? Yeah, you know, I didn't actually think about that when I read it before, but I think you're right. It's, you know, just kind of all wiped out, which is weird that they handled it that way, you know. Well, I guess they've taken away all her negative issues and all that trauma from the blight combined with everything. And she's still a bit, like, sarcastic and bitchy, frankly. But, <laughs> um, but, but like, that's just her persona. She's not, like, flat out, like, scrawling keep out on the walls and stuff. Where she was yeah, I was like getting kind of tired of the, the drama with her. So yeah, it's kind of nice to have her I back to bit, normal. I was getting a bit tired of her noise, you know? Like yeah. her whole fucking deal basically was starting to get a bit annoying. Um, but because well, she, we do she wasn't see that part they're the all team. kind of turning on. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, unlike, you know, beforehand, even when it was hopeless, everyone was kind of pitching in, whereas she wasn't, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, then we have a good scene. And I want to. You're the Legion expert, okay? The, the scene with Ultra Boy and Saturn Girl, where she flies up and she's like, You're hurt, you're angry. And guess what? Smart enough to know how I feel without you having to tell me, so get out of my face. Like, at first, Ultra Boy's like, he's firing off some shots early on, which is fair enough, because, like, he literally <laughs> had an illusion of his wife, you know, beamed into his, beamed into his brain. 
Um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair that he's pissed. But in fairness to him, he kind of look doesn't really hold on to the grudge that long. He she's explaining, and you kind of get her point of view. And <clears throat> um, it was burning her out, and it was you know causing a lot of problems and stuff. And you know then he starts to sort of come around, and then out of nowhere, and this really surprised me. They have a kiss. Um, that. I don't know. I mean, I get. I know that teenage drama must always have been part of the Legion, but I just didn't see this coming because I thought that the storyline was going to be he was pissed at her for way longer. Um, but not only does he forgive her, there's just like I was wondering if is it a fair analysis <clears throat> to say that maybe because she had depicted the character of apparition. That he there was still some sort of a bond between them, even after that apparition left. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think what it is is that you know she was pretending to be her, so she was seeing how he was you know treating her. Yes, and you know she was inside of his mind. Um, but yeah, I think that's exactly what's happened. Um, yeah, I don't really like it when they do that with Saturn Girl. They've actually done it like <laughs> three times. <laughs> In the original, I think in Great Darkness Saga, she kind of snuggles up with Timberwolf, uh, and that's a big deal. And then here with Ultra Boy, and then in the three boot too, she also cheats on Lightning Lad with uh, Ultra Boy, which is like, but is, mm, is it really cool. cheating though? Like she's just snuggling. It's a little kissy kissy. It's not that. Oh, well, here's not bad, but in the the next time she does it, it's pretty bad. Okay, well. Hey, it's Lord. like, why, why are you always doing this, Saturn Girl? We're, we're in the 30th century, the 31st century. Rules are a bit, a little, little bit looser. She's a telepath, too. That would be my excuse. Hey, I'm a telepath. I'm just oh, that's touch. always her excuse. Yeah, I mean, I'm in touch with everyone's feelings. It gets very confusing, you know, like, et cetera. <laughs> She's like, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but it, oh, I but guess... This was more just snuggle on the road. This was, this was more just a... Stop and go. It was a little bit of a kissy. And then Wildfire comes slamming in. Not, is it Wildfire? Yeah, Wildfire comes. Yeah. He just comes in, just like bursts in into their little private moment. Like, um, you two kissed and made up yet? Like, with all the tact of like an elephant <laughs> in, a, in a china shop. Um, That's why we like him. Yeah, and she's like, certainly not. Why would you think that? And he's like, okay. <laughs> I'm it's, guessing he didn't actually see the kiss, but no, the, the way it's drawn, it kind of seems like he could have. He could have, but it also seems like he doesn't really give a shit. <laughs> I mean, he's been a star for like the last thousand years or whatever, so. Yeah, he's like. But uh, something that's interesting about Saturn Girl is she actually, the Saturn symbol she wears. Yes. Um, People from, uh, she's from Titan, which is the moon of Saturn. Yeah. Uh, they have to wear that on their clothing to identify themselves as uh Mind readers. Oh, yeah, she says that, doesn't yeah. she? I, I think she's a fascinating character, actually. I, I, I've got to be honest, I'm getting more into the Legion um, always, like them. But I like it's. I like her design as well, and I like that she's a founder. Um, yeah, she's always great. I, I always have a little bit of extra um, affinity for the founders. Yes. Uh, Cosmic Boy being my favorite, but Saturn Girl's one of my favorite of the girls. Cosmic Boy, I'm remembering now, didn't he have that really bad costume in, like, Great Darkness Saga? It was like, almost like swimming trunks or something? I can't remember, but it was... Um, it was... He had it just before. I don't think he... Actually, uh, I guess maybe he wore it for a little bit there, but yeah, after that he got a lot better one that I really. You liked, might have but... sent me the picture of the before one. It was really bad. 
it was like, yeah, what the fuck Legion is going on? Legion fans call it a bustier. Yeah, it was just like, what the fuck is this guy wearing? Like... Yeah, it's basically just like, you know, uh, a Speedo, <laughs> and then it goes up and covers like his sides, but not his middle chest. Yeah, but it's it's like, you see it, and you're like, what are you wearing? Like, yeah. sh- shirt it up, Cosmic Boy. Have yeah, that's my girl. And who's his partner? He dates one of the subs, uh, Nightcrawl. Oh. Are they the ones that are the, um, like the trio or whatever? The Is no, that that's a... Triplicate Girl. Triplicate Girl. I like her. I she, she dates cool. Bouncing Boy. Bouncing yeah. Boy. Okay, gotcha. Okay, yeah. See, I think some of their, um, well, a lot, a lot of their fucking powers and stuff are kind of cool. Like, I think it's you know, you can really see a kind of sci-fi kind of mind working, you know, and I mean that in kind of like a silver agey kind of way. It's cool. Yeah. You know, uh, and it's cool because there are so many different members that they have so many different powers. So it's kind of cool to be like match up the powers with the characters. There's matter eating lad. I know Chuck Dixon's a big fan of matter eating lad. Matter eater lad. Yeah, he's yeah. one of my favorites too. Yeah. Chuck Dixon. He was kind of like a not taken very seriously for a long time but then when giffen got him sure uh, he actually did some really uh funny like good stuff with him but yeah sorry what about dixon oh i just know that chuck um big fan of uh, the legion of superheroes and he really oh. liked the character of moderating that he, he had a post about it um one at one time oh. where he, he was he was just mentioning it you know i just thought a friend of the show yeah. and um i mean a famously gritty writer you know like Running Punisher, yeah. Batman, and all that kind of stuff, but he had a real affinity for for um, I think the Silver Age Legion, you know. Oh, it's too bad we never really got him on the Legion. No, yeah, he never he never got any as a writer. He never got near it. I don't think it was just more. I think he had a, uh, I think from in talking to Chuck and stuff. I think he's got like a deep love of a lot of sixties DC and stuff, and 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 sixties Marvel and all that. Like he loves that Silver Age stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Um, now. What was I going to say? So, yeah, we... Remind me what's going on here. There's sort of... All these ships have turned up. Who? What? What is this? I'm looking here in issue... Oh, yeah, okay, that's what Livewire comes in on. He cuts it on their personal scene. And there's been stacks and stacks of ships that have come on. She says, I'm broadcasting hails in intergalactic, interlac, perverso, and every other language in our database. Zip. They are not in a mood to talk. Um... Is this, yeah, this is the progeny, is it? I think this is people running away. Oh, yeah, yeah you're right, Fleeing you're right. from yeah, something yeah. they said. Yeah, and I got confused because I thought at first that they were communicating. I'm like, how are they communicating in their own languages if they're so far away? But she's hailing them. But you're right, they're running away from a massive progeny yeah. attack because the progeny are just going sort of like full on, uh, sort of like Holy War style against everyone now. And just on, like, extermination. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, we see on the last page where there's, you know, maybe uh, 30 progeny chips. Can, you know, it I fills the whole page, that, so it's probably more. That last more, page, but... not the greatest art in the world. I was just looking at that. Uh, it just looks like it's, uh, you know, like early uh, computer stuff, the background. Like, the ships are fine. Yeah. It's the background that's weird. I, I, the ships are okay. I, I, I don't, I'm not too hot on the ships either, but the background is just terrible. Like, I, I looked at it and I was like, what am I even looking at? Like, I'll be it honest. It's like early, yeah. like, yeah. you know, uh, Photoshop or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's not great. It's, it's no one's best day on that page, you know? 
No. And, and unfortunately, I don't. And look, I'm not an artist, but part of our um, reviews have to talk about the art. And I think, in a lot of ways, sometimes it, it's annoying because I'm loving all this Bronze Age stuff, and I'm I love Kurt Swan. You know what I mean? Like uh, when I'm reading the Superman, and he never lets me down. But some artists, and I don't want to name names, but you get into the '80s, and I'm reading a storyline that's really good, but then they describe something, and I'm looking at the art of it, and I'm going, like, what the fuck is this art? Like, it doesn't even. It seems almost like childlike. And it's like 83, um, 84, you know? I have that experience a lot with, like, uh, early Vertigo stuff. Yeah. Like what titles? But, yeah. The artwork um, on the early Sandman is rough before the, the in that first arc. I'm like... At I, times, yeah. yeah that it, one. Um, I was going to say, like, Animal Man at times, Doom sure. Patrol at times. Sure. Um, it's just, I don't even know if it's bad, but it's just so different than what I'm used to looking at that it sure. kind of bothers me at times. Yeah, I mean, look, honestly, if I had, like, millions, I would definitely have done a studio and, and, and gotten some decent artists. And I, I would have... I'm no artist, but I know what I like, you know? Um, yeah, sure. I find, though, that at times, like, I like different things over time. Like, sure. when I was getting into comics, I was like, oh, Jim Lee, Jim Lee's the best. Yeah, so Now I. I can so barely I. look at the guy's stuff. Yeah, like, I know what you mean, yeah. When I was a kid... And I was like, say, 12, and I was reading Punisher War Journal. I was like, this Jim Lee guy is so fucking good, you know? Yeah. But, I, but I also think he was a lot better back then. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. And now you look at it, and you're like, it's still good. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that it's bad, but, he, yeah. He did all those charity sketches, and those were all really good. But when he's doing, like, sequential stuff, like, you can tell he just doesn't have time. Yeah, I think that's part to of me, it. Like, I mean, he's managing a lot of... Uh, I, I have yeah. a lot of respect for Jim Lee in, in what he's done in his career. I think part of it is he, he's doing... He's spitting 15 plates in the air at once, you know? Yeah, and um, exactly. You know, but yeah, like, even this series, like I said, at first I really didn't like the art style. Yeah. And that was kind of what was big about the book whenever he came on. Mm. But I'm actually... It's it's really grown on me. And uh, Oliver Coipel... Yes. Uh, his stuff, he went on to do like Spider Verse recently, and oh, yeah. I think that stuff's really strong. Yeah, no, he's he's and he's a big name. Like, I mean, I know his name now. Okay, so this issue, uh, I'll let, I'll leave this with you, and I'll and I'll cut in. But it's basically uh, issue ten, uh, and it's from the perspective of our favorite Wildfire. He gets he gets to have a real go at at the all these um you know ships that have turned up. Sure, yeah. Uh, so I always kind of feel like this issue was a little bit of a filler issue. I mean, at this point, do is whatever wildfire has going on really that important? <laughs> Maybe just because I know what's coming up. But basically, he's taking on all these different ships and blowing them up. And anybody that can be in space is out in space fighting. Uh, Kid Quantum is out there. Ultra Boy. Uh, Shikari is out there fighting. Um, yeah, I don't really remember a lot about what he's talking about but like i said uh, i kind of he, found this issue just, to be a bit more of a filler yeah he's just uh he's doing like a bit of a monologue we're just a bunch of frightened people struggling to stay afloat not a team despite the kids rousing calls not a whole somewhere we may be counted as superheroes but out here we're just a bunch of lost kids with funky powers and abilities we have big hearts good intentions 
we're still brave by anyone any standards you can you care to measure us but we've become a bunch of loose rattling clashing elements without the unity that being the legion of superheroes used to give us and that plain and true is why we're really lost a legion lost and i'm like i I actually thought i mean yeah it's cheesy but it's it's cheesy in a good way because it's got them all fighting each other and it's got like kid quantum trying to put them together um i look if it's filler it's good filler you know Um, no yeah i don't have a problem with it it's just (laughs) i felt this way the last time you handed it over to me and it was just like the issues where i'm like oh Oh, sorry they're fighting this no you're gonna gonna be the you're gonna be the wrap-up guy so you're gonna get the wrap-up issues as well because i was a bit confused um, oh, Chikari. But yeah, no, just this one is like they're fighting the progeny. Is they are, and Wildfire's kind of monologuing it. Uh, Shikari, yeah, well, is Shikari killed by this bolt that goes through her? Because it looks like she's no. killed, but she's not. You would think that maybe she would be, but no, no. she's not killed. Um, and, and then yeah. it gets down <laughs> to Wildfire, and he's like, "The girl's hurt. I surrender. Okay, I surrender." And then he gets zapped. And then it wakes up. And I love this. Um, this is very much a 70s and 80s convention in sci-fi, you know, TV shows and comics. They get captured by the enemy, you know, and put in the hold. And I love this kind of convention where you have the team defeated, but sort of, you know, captured. You know what I mean? Like, they're not dead. Yeah. Um, it's almost like it needed to happen to set them up to be able to defeat yeah. The villain, right? I, I love, and I think that's a classic kind of you know sci-fi kind of move. Like we've seen that in so many TV shows over the years, um, and I, I dug it. I, I I thought cool. Like I I really I rate this writing really quite highly. Um, and you are right. The artwork in this one is excellent. As I'm flipping yeah, through it, it's a particularly strong thing. Then we get to the big reveal, um, and I <laughs> I'm such a fucking idiot. I didn't even see this coming. Then high above him, we see him, the progeny. And I, and I was like, wow, in my brain, because I, I had no spoilers. Like, you give me no spoilers. I've never read anything on the internet about it. So I, I literally knew nothing other than they were a legion lost and I knew they made it back because, you know, I remember reading that. So I'm like, wow, who's it going to be? And, I, and my brain was going, for some stupid reason, I was going, it's probably going to be Dark Side. Um <laughs> You know, I don't know why I was thinking that, but I just couldn't think of anyone else who'd be alive at, in you know, that period. And then I mean, it was... they've done that several times with the Legion, so it's not a bad guess. Yeah, I, I just, I, I look, it was a random guess, but then it was like whatever else we were expecting, it wasn't this. What? Aren't you going to say hello? And they're like, Jan Ara, Element Lad. Now I don't know anything about Element Lad other than his name, and he was in the you know early version, so I assumed he was heaps powerful. But I was like, "What the fuck?" Um, that that hit me for six. You know, to be honest, I, I didn't see this twist coming at all. Yeah, and you said that you're stupid for not seeing it coming, but I think it was just really that well executed that it's like, um, yeah, you know, we kind of just wrote him off as being dead. Uh, but yeah, this dead, is the dead other member that dead already got home or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just didn't left see on the other him. side. Yeah, I, I just didn't see it as as, as like likely. Now. This yeah. was so, so this confusing. is the member that also came through the rift with them, yes. kept them alive throughout, and then also was among the rescue party that uh, Saturn Girl summoned. Yes, uh, just for the listeners, you know. Now I want to ask this question to you before we, because I'm going to hand the next two issues over to you completely. Ooh, wow! Um, but uh, can you give us the pitch on what Element led prior to this Legion Lost? 
Give us the 10 cent pitch on Element Lad. What's his place in Legion history? Okay. Um, so, generally, he's more spiritual. Uh, in this version, the reboot, he. There's something particular about this version, but I forget. Anyway, he comes from a planet called Trom, and there was a pirate that was trying to take advantage of the species because his entire planet are people that can change elements, which obviously would be good for a pirate because, you know, you could change a block of wood into a bunch of gold or whatever. Sure. Yeah, so his entire race got killed Uh-oh. off by this guy named Roxas. Um, so he's the last one left. Right. Um, and yeah, like I said... And his whole uh, planet could change elements or, or only him? What's that? Could the whole planet... Could the whole people on the planet, could they all change elements? Yeah, so in this reboot version, that's what I was going to say that was different about this version, is the entire planet was almost like a paradise, like they were in heaven. Right. Um, Yeah, in the reboot specifically, there was this whole thing about this group called the White Triangle, Mm -hmm. and they were like a bigoted group that were trying to take over the the whole United Planets. Right. Um, And they... It was actually a bunch of Daxamites, which is where Monel is from. Yes. You know Monel. Okay. Well, they all have like heat vision and shit and Superman powers. Yeah. And they attack Trom in this version and just burn it to a crisp. Like there's like thirty of them that Wow. Uh, they're evil. Shot their heat vision at it and blew up the entire planet. Are yeah. the Daxamites evil or just that faction? Uh just that faction. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. But uh yeah, so he uh yeah, has the power to change uh, elements, but up to this point, Element Lad was actually maybe a little bit annoying because he was kind of always, you know, super spiritual and just right. kind of hokey, like I sort of felt. hippie mumbo jumbo kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Um, so this was a big twist to see him revealed as the the progenitor. Huge twist. So yeah, and I didn't see it coming. Um... Is he been around since the, like the sixties or late fifties or whatever, or was he kind of like more recent? Uh, he's an older one, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so with that, I just wanted to give you know listeners kind of like a um, pitch on who he even is because he's not really in this until this moment. Um, so take us through. You can do the next two issues as one piece, and and I'll I'll bring it up on my iPad as we're talking, so I can ask questions because there was a lot okay. of information in these two issues. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. Uh, so the next one. We kind of see from Element Lad's uh, perspective. I yes. don't think we actually get like inside of his head, but he's the one that's kind of doing a huge exposition dump here. Yeah. Uh, so we see all the Legion are kind of reacting to uh, seeing that he's still alive and that he's leading the progeny. Yeah. Um, and he says, yes, yes, it is really me. How wonderful to see you all again. Um, but <laughs> we he doesn't know their names or anything. What's that? He doesn't know their names, even. Yeah, exactly. We see that there's something off about him. Uh, he's like, well, what was your name again? Um, uh, Candy. And then, forgive me, after all this time, my memory. And then Monstrous says, oh, you poor thing, being on your own for nearly a year like this. And he says, a year? Yeah. And that's when we get kind of Wrong the fucking move, really Montress. Wrong fucking yeah. comment. <laughs> Um, and let's see. I get the feeling you're uneasy about something, Garth. There's a tone in your voice. It's almost 
threatening. And that's when Saturn Girl kind of clues everybody in, like, I'm getting a weird feeling here. Maybe be careful. <laughs> um, so then he's, he's going to tell them what happened. Uh, and basically we see that the ship got pulled through the rift uh, and they closed it from the other side. Uh, but the only way for him to save everybody was to encase them into tromium, mm. uh, which is, I don't know, some kind of special material. But, you know, he's a hero. He saved everybody's lives. Um, uh, and then he, I think he also had to transform himself in order to stay alive on the other side of here because he didn't have any food or anything. Yeah. Um, uh, he says, while he's, where they ended up was outside of the universe. Yes. Uh, and he had to go outside in order to repair the ship in order to save them and get them back inside the universe. Uh, right, so they weren't... Like, okay, this is where I got confused, because they're like, we're outside the universe, but there's other races? I, I'm confused. You're saying he they were outside, and he got them back in, they were just a long way from home. Exactly. Got it. Because okay. what happened was, when he went outside and he saw what was outside... Uh, that's where he kind of lost his mind. Yes. So uh, we get the idea that it's just a big white space. It's pretty cool. Uh, he man. says he was outside of creation looking in. Yeah. What I saw gave me a unique perspective. Yeah. I mean, at that point, the people inside are less than ants, really, aren't they? In, inside a computer simulation, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, that's how I feel. Which <laughs> he kind of... <laughs> He uh, he actually ends up back in time because he's, when he's re-entering reality, he gets lost in time. So he actually ended up, I don't know if they ever actually say a number, but it's like it's thousands time. of years ago. He's just floating in space and he's seeing these light flickering. Yeah. And he realizes that it was watching stars being born, growing to maturity and dying. It's kind of like playing um, SimCity on like fast forward or something. like. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. At a certain point, like, you speed the game up because you're playing the macro level. You know what I mean? Like, the, the micro level of the Sims, they're not really sort of... They're not as relevant, you know what I mean? Because you're you're, you're playing on the bigger level. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess you can kind of relate to his god complex I certainly from can. playing Sims. <laughs> I certainly can. I mean, yeah. Look, I thought it was... You know what I think is really interesting? It's... The the character, uh, like the progeny were just so bad. You know what I mean? Like they're just like the little hate machines kind of thing. Like, and they're mm-hmm. committing like massive acts of genocide. So, in a sense, his agents are just like flat out evil as can be. But when you hear his story, it does at least make you think and go, "Well, okay, I I get it." In a sense, like it reminds me of something. Um, that Grant Morrison did an issue of JLA. There's a character, I, I want to say his name's Triumph. He's a very minor 90s character, okay? Um, oh, yeah, Triumph. Okay, but in the JLA, he's thrown in and he comes back from, like, way in the past and he's totally misguided and totally crazy and they have to defeat him. But then someone says, imagine that could have been us. We might have been put back at the start of creation and completely screwed over and fucked up and... That, you know, his hmm. reaction was really... The, he went insane because of the insane circumstances and massive length of time. Do you know what I mean? Someone... I, I liked that. From his point of view, you could actually see how he got like that 
and oh for sure yeah yeah i mean they say here here that uh, he was alone for a billion years and then a billion more um you'd go crazy but yeah you'd lose all sense of uh you'd lose all you'd lose completely lose any sense of attachment to any not just humans but any life form it would all be very fleeting to you you know especially after having that perspective of how small everything is if you were outside the universe like let's just say in the context of um you know hypothetically like it's really what happens if you were outside the universe and could see the whole universe operating like sort of a clock or something you know like a machine and you realized that was it it was just a computer program or a machine just running on its own energy and you had that moment of total realization and then snap back to reality even without the billions of years it would be hard to kind of care you know like i think yeah i would agree with that yeah Yeah, and and plus this guy's had billions of years to develop a massive distance it's just interesting i thought yeah it's just kind of like well what's it all mean you know (laughs) yeah what does it mean i mean yeah it's it's kind of cool um, and it's not overly done. Like, like a Grant Morrison would have made this even more crazy. But Abnett and Lanning, they don't keep it grounded, but it's, they don't overdo it, if you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you, you know what I mean? Like, a, a Grant Morrison would have made this really fucking crazy, whereas he just explains it, and in the context of the story, it makes sense. And you're sort of left on the fence of going, well, I don't know how I feel about Element Lad you know, and what he's, what he's had to go through. It's just interesting. Yeah. It's also interesting. The idea that you see that the Legion are kind of responsible for all this misery, you know, yeah, because of element lad, you know, that's a good um, point. That's a very good point. I didn't even think of that, but yeah, I guess he's a legionnaire. Yeah. Isn't he? Like, yeah. And them coming through kind of caused all this, but you also, you know, he's creating life, uh, and he's created the progeny to, seek out variants um so i'm not really certain what how much life we're th- supposed to think that he created like well, i don't was, think he created like um the legionnaire you know there was people like, before the project the there's we, we we didn't mention it but there's an there's a very brief scene in a previous issue that's based around the progenitor and you don't he is not revealed but he's saying that other races have worshipped before the progeny you know yeah, exactly, and he just wipes them out whenever they're not, like, satisfying him. He, he's very much, like, it's very much the analogy of, like, the kid playing with the sandcastle who gets bored and, and lets the sea wash it down or knocks it down. You know, he, he he's he he's kind of like, he can't stay that engaged for too long with any one species. Yeah, and he's kind of playing at an upper, uh, like, a, a leveled-up version of that exactly but this only really would have worked with element lad too i think because he's the only like legionnaire that would have had the power to do this with his you know power to create and transform yeah like wildfire couldn't do this (laughs) no exactly yeah (laughs) yeah 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 exactly they they pick a good character i mean i guess they've got the perfect template in legion with so many powers that you could sit down like i imagine um i've said this before I imagine if you were given, any decent writer, if you were given, like, okay, you're going to do a Legion, I'd sit down with um, a few concepts. I'd, I'd have, like, a who's who or something, and I'd flick through and pick out some people, you know, that kind of, and then formulate a story. Like, at some point, I think, I think that's what Jeff Johns must do very well. Like, I think you have to have some reference points, but 
you you know how to use those classic characters in a sort of more modern story, but you can go, oh, yeah, Element Lab would fit here perfectly. Look at his power set. I can plug him into this story, and then I can develop from there, you know? Yeah, and I think that's exactly what they did here, because, you know, generally when you deal with the Legion, you don't just grab a dozen characters like they did here. Mm. Generally, when you have the Legion, is you've got all of them. Like, yeah. Uh, here's 30 characters. You know, you need to balance all the plots and personal lives. Challenging. Very challenging. Yeah. But I imagine for readers, very rewarding. That's a large part of why I think Legion was so popular, because it was this huge soap opera, you know? Exactly. Uh, but th- I thought this was kind of interesting. He says, please forgive my the- theatrics. I am truly glad to see you again, though in truth, I had forgotten you all. And he's talking to the Legion, and they say, forgotten us? I was part of the Legion for a few short years, thousands of star lifetimes ago. Yeah. You try remembering something that happened for a few seconds during the first hour of your life. Yeah, impossible. Yeah, and he said that the progeny brought rumors of the name Legion. It took me weeks to recall where I'd heard that name before. Um, so it's kind of interesting. You kind of see, like, you can go back to when the book started and the progeny and see how the progeny, you know, I think that's what we're talking about, where the progeny started wiping out all these other civilizations yes. is because Element Lad started catching on to remembering who the Legion was and started, you know, approaching his end game. Yeah, and how about where he cures them? He cures Saturn Girl, Wildfire, and then Brainy goes, I've closed that micro-Legion in your frontal lobe. It would have crippled you with a stroke in a few decades. You didn't even know it was there, did you? That was kind of cool. It was cool, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of mind-blowing, really. Like, um, and then they're sort of like, I mean, how do you fight something like that? And then she's like... Saturn goes like, I think my thought screen was secure unless Jan's added telepathy to his powers. Um, and, I mean, who knows what he's added, you know? And Yeah, I, I was almost kind of wondering if they were going to go to the fact that he did know what they were thinking. Mm. Yeah, and Brainy's like, what he's done here, play God. He had a blank slate here, and look what he's done. He's created species to keep in company, designed and guided civilizations, then had his progeny delete them when they no, no longer pleased him like a scientist disposing of germ cultures once an experiment is done. And and Brainy's kind of saying, I'm not certain if he's mad necessarily, but that perspective he, talk, he spoke about is truly godlike. He's not working at our level anymore. Um, yeah, apart from him, nothing is big or long-lived enough to matter. I mean, Brainy gets it, I think, because Brainy, as a scientist and obviously as a fairly detached character, he at least understands, you know, what the, what level this guy's playing at, you know? Yeah, I think uh, Brainy was the perfect person to kind of add some perspective to what Element Lad's doing. Uh, we skipped over, actually, where sure. Element Lad plans to... He's captured the Omnifagos, which yes. was the all-consumer or whatever, and he's going to let it loose on this portion of the galaxy. Uh, and then he's going to return home to where the Legion came from. Yeah. And, you know, God knows what he's going to do there. Yeah, and, and I don't know, like... It's so hard when you're dealing with, like, he's an, he's a god character with god power. Um, you know, like, that is a sort of a dead end. You know, like, and he's... I, I just kind of like, do they have to make him go, like, he's just going to consume all of the United Planets as well? Like, why would he? But maybe he just doesn't care. Like, to him, they're I'd just... I'd say, uh, yeah, doesn't care, and then also just curiosity. Yeah. Okay. So they have to... St- it's, it's interesting, because even though that, like, 
philosophically, you can kind of understand what this guy's done and or what he plans to do. You still have to try to stop him if you're a legionnaire. You, you can't let him... You can't just go, oh, well, you know, like, he's a god. Um, you know, life is fickle. You have to, at some point, well, we have to try to stop him, you know? Yeah, I guess that's kind of what's interesting about the Legion is they're always, you know, committed to duty. Um, yeah, you know, well, like most heroes, but it's just yeah. interesting because they're young people. They're young, and it's one of their own. I think makes it interesting as well. And yeah. you know, Brainy like sort of does do his point of view, so that at least you know. And how about how he he this was a cool scene. He gives um, Lightning Lad bad his arm. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot, and then he's like. Um, Janzo has been a little odd, spiritual. Maybe his experience have driven him over the edge. Still, I'd personally like positive proof he's of a threat before I move against him. And and then Wildfire's like, it's right there, Livewire, growing out of your right shoulder. And he says, that's proof of power, not intent. If you could have given me back my arm, wouldn't you have done it? And, and wouldn't you have been surprised if I declared you a threat because you did? I like this kind of writing. It feels like we've deserved it after 10, 11 issues we're sort of like getting a little bit into the sort of the philosophical side um, of his motivation. And it's interesting, you know? Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, all this stuff is really well done. Um, you know, we have the team arguing whether they should take action. I mean, I kind of feel like he's already pretty much, it kind of seemed like he was already, you could already kind of tell that he was evil, but. <laughs> yeah, you could. I mean, he's, yeah, you, you, you could. I mean, like, but they're at least having the conversation for the conversation's sake, you know, for the, for the reader, I think you, you need to have it like rather, I'd rather that than just, they get to element lad. He's just flat out evil, like parallax in the original parallax. Yeah. And they just like fight him. You know, I, I like yeah. there's some time spent talking about it. I guess they didn't really, he didn't really say what he planned to do with the Omnifagos yet. Did he? No. So yeah. Okay. Never mind. You're right. Yeah, it is kind of cool and then they show up back at uh element lads quarters and yes. he says hello i've been expecting you i knew you'd come and find me you blinkers are all the same your emotional blaze your, your emotional needs blaze so hot and bright and <laughs> chameleon says what are blinkers jan mortals old friend tiny little lives bright with emotion gone in the, what seems like a blink to me god wow yep and you're like okay we're dealing with um and then he doesn't even remember his name. You know, when he says the progenitor, ah, no, what did you used to call me? Jin, John? He doesn't even fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's where, uh, that's where, uh, Monsters freaks out. She says, Jan, Jan Ara, Element Lad, bravest and most noble soul I ever knew. It was just a few hours ago we spoke. Have you already forgotten? Blink, blink, blink. Years pass like heartbeats to me. You're all just fleeting moments. What did we speak about? Remind me, please. The past, the future, friendship, the Legion. Don't you remember? I can't remember everything. I blink, and that's oh, my phone blow. Uh, and that's another species extinct. You knew. I, you know, I get so lonely. I know, dear. It must be hard being a god. So what will you do when we get back to the United Planet Space? What will you do? Oh, there's a lot more text here than I thought there would be. Yeah, and he's like, make it better. Um, like I made this portion of the universe better. And then it's kind of like, okay, wow, this he's really sort of... He's leading up to a moment that truly shocked me. Um, and she's, Oh, here, yeah. He says, I don't... You're a strange one. I don't remember making you. She said, you didn't. He said, oh, well, whatever, variant. 
and then boom, blows her up. Um, and to be frank, I mean, yes, it is shocking he killed her, but I also didn't really like her very much. Um, and so, yeah, I, but you do get the feeling, even if you don't like her, and she's like, oh no, like it's not it, a great what I'm character. Saying is someone had you can to see die. that she's a good person. She's definitely a good person. No, I'm saying someone had to die for you know for the sake of the story to prove this point. And I'm sort of glad it was her rather than... Yeah, she was the one to go, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's, that's all I'm saying. No, so, no someone, someone had to be expendable. Because, again, great writing. Uh, like, I was absorbed with the philosophical conversation. I, I didn't see the death coming, even though clearly he had the power. When he did it, I was like, oh, okay, we're right over the edge now. We're, we're, we're past talking about philosophy. You know, philosophy. How do you say it? Philosophy. Philosophy, yeah. yeah we're, we're past philosophy now. Element Lads just kind of clicked his fingers and destroyed Monstrous, who, as you say, is a is a good character uh, with good heart, good intentions, um, but just nowhere near his power level um, at all. And... Yeah, and I agree. Uh, she's, uh, Monstrous is actually a character, you know, they've had different reboots, but she's one that's been unique to this reboot that they've never brought her back like for a different one. So right. I think that kind of speaks to her popularity. Hmm. Yeah, but um, so do you want to wrap us through the final issue and 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 kind of what happens here, and then I'll, we'll, we'll yeah, sure. Um, so we've got Saturn Girl and Chameleon there uh, with Element Lad after he killed Monstrous, and she's letting everybody know, okay, this guy's nuts. Uh, we got to take him down. Yeah. Um, and you know, even the other Legionnaires got to see what happened because she's projecting it in their minds. Yeah. Uh, so they're all making moves to, I think, take down the progeny ships, or the progeny. Yeah. Um, let's see. They're all really sad that she's dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're facing off against uh, Element Lad, and you get the feeling that you know he's more powerful than all the rest of them. He starts to turn Chameleon Boy's blood into molecular acid. Yeah. Uh, but at that point, then. Saturn Girl is able to lash out at him. Um, Saturn Girl puts up a good fight, really. Yeah, she does. Um, You know, I'd say she's probably one of the more powerful when you think about it. Kind of like uh, Jean Grey, you know, when she really lets loose. Yeah. Uh, Obviously have the Phoenix. Um, But yeah, so now the Legion are just trying to get away uh, in order to kind of stage a, you know, a frontal assault. Sure. Yep, and there's a lot of fighting that's going on. It's all sort of like everyone has a go. Like Umbra has a go. Um, uh, does Brainy? What is Brainy doing? Brainy's trying to. Oh, Brainy's trying. Brainy's trying to get them home through the uh, through the portal. Yeah. Yeah, and where, where did the portal come from again? Did that Element Lad made that? I guess. Uh, does it, uh, let's have a look here. Um, I think so. Not that it really matters. Yeah. I guess. The, what happens as well, it, it's kind of interesting. Um, Element Lad merges with the creature. Am I right? Like, neither was going to win as the Om- Omnifagus consumed him. Jan transmuted its matter, a draw, a draw that leaves them bound as one. I kind of expected this, still leaves me horrified. And so he merges with the, with the big creature. Uh, and yeah. becomes this huge monster. And, yeah, they're going towards the doorway because the doorway was the prison that held the the, the, the monster. So the the prison is also a doorway. 
into back into the. Oh, universe. okay, right, and yeah. that's why Shakir- Shikari let him. Yes, that yeah, that uh, yeah, that's yes, exactly. So she was correct in leading them to him, but unfortunately, they couldn't beat the creature, and the creature was going to escape and destroy all life on in that universe. So they had to stop it. Um, but the creature has grown. He's grown the creature. He's let it grow massively. So it's huge, way huger. Yeah, um, yeah that's what he says. He says he's been feeding it. Yes, he's been feeding his yeah. pet monster. And then the monster come back, comes back to bite him because it, it goes against him. But then as it's about to eat him, he transmutes it. So he be, kind of becomes the monster mixed with him. Yeah. And then and ba- says... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, then I was going to say, and then basically... Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. So basically, they're gonna. It's the classic scenario where they're trying to reach the portal in time, but he's gaining on them. And then Lightning Lad, Livewire, says, "I'm gonna basically do Blaze of Glory, holding action." And he goes out and does, you know, a totally futile but good maneuver to kill some time. They escape back through the portal. Um, and Lightning Lad sacrifices himself, and I think the last picture you see of Lightning Lad—I'm not sure if it's a skeleton. It might just, yeah, just a broken Legion. Is it a Legion ring or, or whatever it is, like a waistband or something? It's his belt, yeah. His belt, and yeah. um, in the face of death, life flashes past you. It's been quite a life. I remember when we became the Legion of Superheroes, and you see Cosmic Boy standing on him. I'm glad I was there when it began. Be, when it when it be, we became it again because we weren't lost at all were we not where it counted inside and then you just see it's the end and yeah he's, yeah. he's basically um i make sure the thing that was jan ara and the omnifagus suffers a terminal stroke so he not only i actually only picked that up on reading then he brains are made of electrical impulses and so he manages to use the give them a stroke to effectively, I guess, kill them, and yeah, which was cool. Sacrifice. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I thought he just did a holding action, and yeah, well, two things. I think you skipped over is one that he asks Ultra Boy. He says, "I'm going to need your super strength," mm. and then he does that to take the uh, yeah. his invulnerability away. That was clever, so that he can electrocute him. To you know, yeah, because they're going to stop him from trying to sacrifice himself. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing is he takes off his Legion flight ring and he quits the Legion before he goes out there because he goes out there knowing that he's going to kill uh, Element Lad. Right. So it technically doesn't break the Constitution. So well done, Lightning Lad. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I didn't see any of it coming. I was, I was putty in the hands of the storyteller. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't want to read it. I didn't want to guess ahead. I, I just I consumed it, like, in two sittings. Uh Good ending. Um, it's sort of sad that Lightning Lad had to sacrifice himself because I know he's a founding member. I'm sure he gets brought back. I'm sh- I'm sure I remember seeing Lightning Lad in other versions of Legion since. Um, yeah, he comes back in Element Lad's body. All right. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Look, but in, in in essence, I mean, I'm giving it a nine point five out of ten as a as a solo story, and that's wow. even. That's even with art that I'm not a huge fan of at points. I think the story is yeah. incredibly strong. I think the art anchors it. I think the Legionnaires are given um, sort of distinct identities. Uh, I loved it. A 12-issue maxi-series that really was enclosed, that had a beginning. You, all you needed to understand was they got zapped into some bizarre, far-flung territory 
it had an ending and it had emotional stakes like it wasn't boring um it was really i really felt it was an extremely enjoyable read and i know everyone raves about it and when i was reading it at first i was kind of like yeah i'm enjoying it but i don't know if i'm loving it you know like i'm enjoying it and yeah then, a couple issues in, i was like oh maybe i just imagined this being as great as it was like like you say it was really enjoyable but it wasn't quite what it got to be later yeah but but you know what the old story of a professional storyteller who has decent twists that actually have emotional weight. Um, yeah. There's there's several in here, and like I, I'd say the um, the the fake legion coming. That was that was a. I was like shit. Okay, we're 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 playing with real money now. Like, the, I'm like the legion has came back and we're safe. Wow. Oh shit! It's all a fucking illusion. And then, you know, the twist kept coming. Uh, stuff like uh, Element Lad being the, the big bad, so to speak, the killing of Monstrous, the, the killing at the end of um, the sort of noble death, which was kind of predictable of Lightning Lad. Uh, but combined with all the cool sci-fi concepts like Singularity and, and that whole thing there, that could have been a whole miniseries in itself. Um, there was just a yeah, lot of Yeah, I was going to throw that in there too. I thought that was just a really cool little diversion. Yeah, yeah, and... I don't know, and you got a new Legionnaire out of it, the Shikari member, like they're bringing her back across. Uh, they got yeah, home. I, I like kind of clean the plate a little bit too, you yes. know, because uh, you know there's like twelve members missing. When they come back, there's only like seven. Exactly true, very true. Wildfire, the, the one, the riffraff. So Wildfire wasn't in the suit previously. He was something else. He had like kind of a makeshift suit, right? But this yeah. suit's badass. Um, oh yeah, it's cool. Yeah, he's got a few other cool ones. Uh, I'll have to share you some uh, some of the pictures. Is he in the seventies? Yeah, he comes in in the seventies and becomes cool. kind of like the the badass one. So if I start reading the Superboy and Legion of Superheroes Volume One, you know, have those two volumes of it out. Yeah, uh-huh. is is he in that? He's in that. Yeah, they cool. don't have his first appearance uh, in there, but right. it's yeah, he's in there. Okay, cool. And I imagine yeah. that Legion uh, of Superhero Silver Age omnibuses will continue past three. They'll probably bridge the gap eventually, won't they? I would think that they might be done with Silver Age, and the next one would be the Bronze Age. Now, this is a comment. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Well, I'm 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 happy for Bronze Age. You know, I I want to collect Bronze yeah. Age, and I want to collect oh, Bronze Age stuff. Superman. Um, but my question is, is do you know Dan DiDio before he left, supposedly now reportedly, had said that Bronze Age. Uh, the title wasn't selling. He claims that the Bronze Age, like JLAs and that, weren't selling. I find that very hard to believe, personally. You know? Um, yeah, I do too. I think there's definitely an audience for that stuff. Me I don't, too. Like, yeah. you can't tell me that Golden Age sells, like, heaps more than Bronze Age. You know You know what I mean? Like, like there's an audience there, and I, I just felt that was a bit of Dandadio bullshit, basically. Um you know, like, it, maybe it wasn't stuff that he wanted to publish, but I just felt, you know, sometimes it felt like spin to me. Like, when, when he cancelled that it's, Bronze Age JLA on almost volume three that would have completed the Bronze Age, I had the shits, you know? Well, and then didn't they end up putting that out or continuing it just in a different format or something? Yeah, it's really annoying what That's they annoying. did. That's annoying. Yeah. They, they, I've got it on my shelf. They put it out. Um, but it's not the full omnibus size. So they've just reduced yeah. it down to like an oversized hardcover. So sort of like half of it. It's so fucking annoying. That. It's so stupid. 
Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's weird to me, actually, because I would figure that would be uh, when Didio would have been reading comics just back in the Bronze Age. But yeah, and you know, and you've know. done two volumes, and you've done Justice League Detroit. So if you'd done Bronze Age Volume Three, you complete that JLA run, and then you go to Bron- you you go to Detroit. So it makes no yeah. sense what he did. Like, you can't tell me that JLA Detroit is that much more popular than Bronze Age. Like, I bet you It's that, definitely not. It's, no, that's what I'm saying. There's, it, there's no way it is. Like, yeah. I know it has its fans, and I'm not saying they can't have it, but I'm like, you're yeah. one omnibus away from collecting an entire run of Bronze Age JLA. Like, really? Um, yeah, I don't get it. They do that a lot. I will say Deleting this. stuff's like that, too. I will say this. I... One thing I think is I don't think the packaging on the Bronze Age is particularly tempting. I think that they should make more usage of the really cool cover art. Like they they have the artist they have on it is good, but he's it's really more like a, a tan presentation on the book and then a small picture. Whereas yeah, I've you, seen those. You, I, I, I don't think it's the most tempting I think you could use some of that really cool art from the seventies and make it the full picture. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Instead, they just have like a little slice out of it. Yeah, uh, like why do that? Like you had some of the best artists in comics were still working in the seventies, like Kurt Swan, etc. Like you'd have heaps of images you could use. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, I think that was part of why it may may not have done as well as well. I I think the design of those omnibuses doesn't really sell you on the contents. You know. I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Put me in marketing in charge of DC. I can make some fucking changes. <laughs> Uh, yeah. What are you giving this out of ten, uh, and what are your comments, Adam? So I, you know, every now and then I think when you're working on a ten point scale, you need the occasional ten, and I think for me this is a ten. Yeah. Um, especially as a Legion fan, I think if there's one book you buy and hand to somebody and say this is the Legion, I think this is it. Yeah. Uh, we both really, I think, liked the Great Darkness Saga, but it's sure. you know kind of dated. And it's, like I said, it's best read as a 150-issue run or whatever. Yeah. Whereas this book, you read it, you're done. And honestly, this is probably the best portion of that story where, you know, this is the highlight. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. You're giving it 10 out of 10. I'm giving it 9.5. Um, honestly, kids, like, if you I, – I say this. If you like DC, because I think it's very a DC – Kind of book. Um, if you like DC, you owe it to yourself to try this book out. I really do believe that. I think it's amongst the best stuff in that sort of niche of DC. Um, and that's just how I feel. I think it's a very DC kind of book uh, in the best possible way. And it's also just a really good sci-fi story, you know? Yeah, a great sci-fi story, a great DC story, a great Legion story. Definitely. Um, if you're a legionnaire yeah. with the legion flight ring, you need to have this on your shelf, basically, don't you? Oh, for sure. And yeah, if you just want to like find out what the legions kind of like or what their mission is, what they're about, mm-hmm. this is what you read, I think. Um, gonna throw the obvious one out here. Um, would have loved it if they'd come across Superboy on their travels. Just a one issue, you know. Uh, they do, okay. uh, it's a Superboy does join the team later, but yeah, no, not here. It, Connor Kent does, doesn't he? Yeah, Connor Kent. Yeah. But he right. wears the actual, like, Superboy costume. Good. Well, good. 
that you know, and I think I was reading, and and all I can say is good. And now isn't the new Connor, or well, not the new Connor? The, what's his name? John Kent. Isn't he a legionnaire now? Yeah, he's the new uh, Superboy with the Legion. Yeah, and Superman didn't have any history with the Legion in this new version, which is hate pretty it. different. Hate it. Um, yeah. yeah, the real the real Superboy should be Clark Kent, and he should <laughs> he should be from Smallville. And he travels through time to join the Legion. Uh, I don't understand why... I like that. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why sometimes they need to change the basics, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just think it's fun and cool. And yeah. it's cool that, you know, because Superboy, he had uh, Pete Ross and Lana Lang as mm-hmm. friends for kids, but he was never himself around them. Well, maybe Pete, because Pete knew he was Superboy. Yeah, Pete but Lana, that. it was always, she's trying to prove he's Superboy. Yeah. But when, and this is something that from the Super Superman and the Legion of Superheroes by Jeff Johns that I think you would like, mm. is that Superman, or Superboy went to the future of the Legion just to be a kid, yeah. because that, he didn't have to worry about a secret identity or anything like that. Yeah. He could dispense with all the trappings of humanity, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, if you read that old Superboy stuff, it's just him, like, <laughs> having to think out of ways of not having his identity revealed. I've, it's like, I've got some of it, yeah. I've got some yeah. of it from, like, the 80s. It's Yeah, it's it's fairly simplistic, but... It's, yeah, it's fun, but it's, it's fun. just, like, think about how miserable that would be as a life, though. You sure. know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 true, yeah. I mean, yeah. but, like, I'm I'm watching Smallville, and... I mean, I made a comment, like, before you go, I just want to get your 10-second uh, comment on this. Superman, uh, Connor brought it up with Superman announcing his American citizenship. Which I mm-hmm. still can't fucking believe he even did that, and they wrote that, and, like, I think that's an absolute crime. Um, Superboy, I, what I was saying is, I get it. In Red Sun, he landed in Russia in the Soviet Union and became, like, a Soviet hero. It makes total sense. You know, he landed in Russia. He was brought up yeah. by Stalin or whoever. You know you know what I mean? He was indoctrinated. He, in the standard continuity, he landed in Kansas. He was indoctrinated to believe in full-on American Midwest values. That becomes his persona. It makes total sense to me. Sure. Um, do you know what I mean? And I mean that in the best way. Like, you land there, you're raised by a very patriotic, um, you know, good old-fashioned values family, like very good people. And I mean, he was like six months when he landed, too. Or, you know, depending a, on the version, he wasn't even born until he landed on the planet. So it's like... Yeah, exactly. This it's feeling like, he always has of being an alien, you know, it's... Yeah, I mean... He's that, an American, really. Yeah, yeah that's, what, that, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying this from a very pro-US perspective. Like, he, he landed... He was raised by... It wasn't like he was raised by serial killers or something, you know, or, or by... Sure. It, or by radical revolutionaries. He was raised by good old-fashioned American values, Midwest, you know, teaching him the rights and the wrongs. You know, his Park Kent and Mark Kent are a big part of his upbringing and his sort of whole ideology. It makes no sense to me that he would turn around on the basis of some pretty flimsy fucking problems and, and renounce his citizenship. What do you, what's your take? Because that's my take. Um, you know, I haven't read the story... Mm. Uh, who wrote that? Was that Goyer or David JMS? Goyer. I can literally explain the story. David Goyer, um, he, some shit's happening in Iran, um, I believe, and as always, you know, the Iran government, Iranian government's cracking down and there's some political protesters there. Superman comes and stands like in the town square and just stands there. 
um, in front of the police or all the armed forces or whatever. And obviously they can't hurt him. And, like, people are throwing shit at him. Like, you know, he's kind of backing the protesters without saying anything and then flies off. And then basically, like, a government stooge, you know, like, not, not not the president, but a representative of the president. You know what I mean? Like, Mr. fucking, like, you know, two steps removed from the president has a meeting with Superman and Superman's saying, I can see that you've got snipers with kryptonite bullets aimed at me and stuff. And he's like, well, we have to take precautions, blah, blah, blah. We don't know what you're going to do. You can't go and represent... You can't fly to Iran and represent... Because people think you're representing the American country and the president and all that kind of stuff. You're, you're creating an incident. And Superman's response is sort of like, well, I'm bigger than America. I'm going to renounce my citizenship tomorrow so people know that I'm acting just for myself and flies off. That's basically it. Like... What do you think? I, I hate it, personally, but what do you think? I mean, first off, you have to remember it's Goyer, who... Uh, I'm not trying to piss off Connor, but... Yeah. We kind of see how much he really understands Superman after seeing the movies he wrote, yeah. which, to me, is that he doesn't get Superman. Yes. But, you know, again, I'm not trying to piss anybody off with that. Hey, look, it's these are all just opinions, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, no one's yeah. right, no one's wrong. It's a fictional character, like, at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, if you look at the way that he wrote Superman in those movies, he is very much more alien. Yeah, uh, true. So I could see how he might have more of a global perspective, right? So yes. Superman is able to fly from here to, you know wherever uh jupiter or whatever mm. um so i could see where he might start looking at the united states as mm. you know stop seeing things on the micro level and seeing things on a larger level where it might make sense but you know ultimately i think it was just a political type story right you know yeah, it feels like it. it it just i don't know to me i just I really think it was bullshit, like, honestly. Like, I think that's when they're trying to sort of inject their own personal, not even just politics, but, like, their very specific view. And they're taking this character that, to me, it's truth, justice, and the American way, you know? And and sort of, like, I, I feel that's where they forget. They didn't create a... They're coming on. They're not even like two steps removed. They're coming on like fifty years down the line, eighty years down the line, whatever. And I just hate that story because I think that that's just something that I'm reading like Bronze Age Superman, and you just don't get the feeling he would ever do that in a million years. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like honestly pretty dull story to me. I know after that they had the JMS run where he was like going around the world or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, it doesn't really appeal to me at all. Um, But that said, I mean, when you say uh, they didn't create the character or whatever, but then you look at how, you know, stories like The Dark Knight Rises and Year One kind of revolutionized the character where I guess you got to take chances every now and then. But, yeah, I think that's one that didn't really work out. And as far as I'm concerned, was pretty well forgotten pretty quickly. Yeah, it got brought up on the show. I didn't even know it existed, and I had a very big reaction at the time because oh, it was really controversial when it came out. Right? See, I didn't even know about it. Like, and I wish I'd never known about it. But and I went and read it, and I can't believe it made a fucking best of collection as well. Oh, but, really? Yeah, that's, it, it's in like the eighty years celebration. It's, well, does Connor like it? I think he loves it. Yeah. Oh, um, 
Yeah, uh, maybe loves it is an exaggeration, but yeah, he he certainly yeah Connor's very much like he Connor's like um he was never created as the American way that it got added later, and I'm like yeah dude, but that it fucking became very fucking popular and you know emblematic of the character. I was like you know. Uh, when well, I, was... I know that Connor's a big fan of that Golden Age stuff and then, yeah. like, the um, Grant Morrison stuff where yes. he was very much fighting for the little guy. Yeah, he loves it. So I guess yeah. I could see where he likes yeah. this because it's kind of like that on a larger scale where, you know, the United States yes. is the the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, and I hate that. But, but oh, yeah, in fairness to Connor, I mean, he, not only is he entitled to his view, I mean, he... Oh, yeah, he, sure. he 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 has an argument that makes some sense. Don't get me wrong. It's, that's why it's a conversation. I mean, Just for you, it's an important part of the character. For me, it's an important part yeah, of the I character. If anything, I I struggle at times with um, when the character, like when you did Captain America the other day with Tanahishi Coates. I don't know if you've gotten up to it. I love the thing, but I get a bit tired of like, what has my country become? You know. And all that, and like I it's, think it's, that's the only thing they really do with it anymore. Yeah, that's with it. exactly. It's not like it's revolutionary. Like it's like it's it's like Jesus Christ. I'd like him sometimes to spend a bit less time questioning, you know, and and a bit more time fighting terrorists, kind of thing. That's that's what I would personally like. You know, he spends so much yeah. time staring at the flag, going, "What has become of my country?" And you're like, "Oh my God!" Like how many times are you going to ask this Cap? You know, <laughs> like get out there and fight. You know, um, but I'm old-fashioned. You know, I I understand that, and and you know, I, that's why I guess I was so outraged when I heard about this about. Yeah, Superman, I get it. You know? No, I get though. Like with Cap being frustrated that that's all you can get anymore. Like, yeah, that just because I don't know. I guess you know the world's not in the best of states. I'd say, but it's divisive. Uh, it's divisive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It would be nice to be able to read some like old school cap stuff. You know. Yeah, indeed, indeed, man. I mean, this is now. How does the Brubaker stuff compare? Do you think that it kind of? I love. Does Brubaker. a lot of the. Uh, well, I mean, I, I mean, everyone who listens to Signal knows my feelings on Ed Brubaker. I absolutely think he's fantastic, and his cap. But do you excellent. think he fell back on the whole like, you know? Uh, I mean, a bit. He did Black Ops. Yeah. He, he made it more interesting to me. He, like, yeah. I think Brubaker, honestly, in all, in all honesty, uh, was more focused on story rather than um, overarching, you know, philosophical kind of questions and stuff. Like, which I think are very, like, I, I don't mind a little bit of it, but I just think you, you can't go too far with it before it's just repeating. And Tanahishi yeah. Coates is a very strong... We, we read the first... Don't get me wrong. It's strong. It's, it is strong. But the problem is there's whole pages where it's just like, you know, I have become what I always feared. Or, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, you know... Yeah. How do you believe I'm in the dream? I think Cap might not be a character for me, to be honest. I've, I've sampled different stuff here and there, and I've just never found anything that really speaks to me. Yeah. Look, I would recommend... If you're after just good story, uh, Brubaker's Cap is very strong. It's really yeah. interesting. It's really rich. It's story based. You know what I mean? It's. I've read a good bit of it. Okay. I think my thing was I just didn't really care for Bucky that much as Cap. Okay. Like... Oh, well, if you've read a good bit of it, and you don't like it, then that's as good as it's going to get. You know, like there's there's no better Cap. You know, Mark Grunewald's Cap is good, but it's not as good as Brubaker's. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Some characters just aren't for you. I mean, I I was never a Cap fan. I only really got into it because I like Brubaker so much. You know. 
and I thought I'd sample it, and then I was really enjoying it. So he kind of went the black ops route a bit, you know, like that's how I felt that he, he did it in a good way, like a lot of secret missions, and I, and I quite enjoyed the Winter Soldier and Bucky and all that, you know, that storyline. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, it was definitely a big spy book. Um, yeah. And I, I liked Winter Soldier, I guess. I just would have preferred if, you know, Steve stayed his cap for a little bit longer. I felt like by the time you got a feel for his Steve, he was gone. And then by the time I got a feel for his Bucky, he was kind of gone. True, true. Interesting times. Well, Adam, thank you very much for coming on Legion. I know it's been a big show. I know that I really wanted to take advantage of your knowledge because um, you are such a Legion fan. And I think we've given listeners not just a good description of Legion Lost, but of Legion as a wider concept you know yeah uh i'd be excited to talk more legion someday um definitely you know get things fleshed out a bigger uh we might do you know what we might do um i think this is my idea we might do a silver age legion story or or a bronze age whatever like a little two three parter and we might do legion of three worlds how about that that would be awesome yeah yeah that'll give us a lot of content because i think you know we, we 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 schedule these things. We'll schedule these things more frequently for listeners um, because it's easier for Adam and I at the moment. Like we could maybe do a monthly thing or something, like or, or you know, once or two, every two months or something. But the next time yeah. we come back, we will find a good two three parter and we'll do Legion of Three Worlds as well. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, Sound I'll good? start trying to take, track something down. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll take it offline. All right. Well, um, thank you, listeners. Um, as always, uh, check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash signal of doom. Um, more content's coming up. I'm going to upload uh, Cinema of Doom that Dean and I did on the weekend. We did Death and Return of Superman, taking a bit of a left turn there, Adam. Um, you, if you recall, yes, there was there was a lot of debate whether to do Spartacus or um, the Doors, and then on the very day, I decided I'd do Death and Return of Superman, which was funny. That is quite the swerve. And fucking Dion is full of controversial comments, like throughout the entire, like, like honestly, like it, it would almost be hard to be all controversial than Dion was during this during this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, his hot takes are numerous, is all I can say. Yeah, I look forward to that. It'll be fun. I'm going to put it up. All right, well, thank you, Adam, very much, and good night, kids. Mm -hmm.